Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 257, recorded December 5th, 2019. On tonight's episode, we talk about Zelda Maker? What? We also talk about some new games coming to your SNES online collection. About time they actually did something for that thing you're paying for. Plus, ladies and gentlemen, we have got the one, the only, Mr. Rogers Bass, and we're going to talk some Pokemon. Jesse, cue the music. What is going on? I am your host today, Justin Masson, alongside three of the coolest guys on the internet. Of course, first and foremost, sipping I don't know what from that lovely cup, Mr. Timothy Alf. <laughs> Timothy, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on the show as usual and looking forward to chatting with you guys. I love it. Tim, I always love your hats. And for those of you that are not watching us live streamed right now, like, let's have a quick chat about this. You always have a cool hat when you come on here. This is a Decepticons and uh, Autobot split cap hat would be the best right. way I would yeah. describe it. Tell this me more is, about that. This is a hat Marty would want. Yes, I, I've worn it a couple times before. This is one of my favorite hats uh, because it is split because I it, like both sides, you know, growing up. I have had toys from both sides and I actually have a Decepticon sticker on my car. So... <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, excited is excited, number one transformer. Hear, yeah, which transformer? What's well, excited to hear more about that? Speaking of uh, another voice that we hear there, ladies and gentlemen, running our our cues and our soundboard, of course, is he a Decepticon? Is he an Autobot? He's probably our favorite GoBot, Mr. Jesse Waldak. Jesse, what's going on, buddy? I completely forgot about them and wish right? I didn't remember them. But how could you yeah. forget about them? The best part of Transformers, man. Yeah, exactly. The, the best the part Go-Bots. of Transformers was a rip-off GoBots. <laughs> yeah, so this, 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 I had a feeling that, you know, Mike, I need, I'm talking to Roger tonight. I think I need to have seen Frozen 2 beforehand. So my wife and I saw it this afternoon, and we really loved it. Look at that, oh, good. Roger. Look at the level of uh, that's preparation what I like to hear. Jesse has. Right, now, now, did you invite me on to talk about Frozen 2? Because I could easily do that for the hour that I'm on. I could talk about Frozen 2 all you want. I could talk about the different songs and Kristoff, everything. I mean, whatever maybe, you want. To talk. Maybe post-show content for the patrons. <laughs> well, you are at Disneyland. <laughs> there you go. So. Yeah, don't spoil I know. it for me. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, no, I, I thought you said don't spoil the fact that he's recording this from Disneyland. Because I'm like, uh, you're right. I'm calling it from Disneyland right now. <laughs> I ended up uh, yeah. I ended up staying way longer than I was expecting. Uh, I knew I was going to have a day because this is kind of my only off day before all the craziness that happens at the Game Awards and then to the year and traveling. And, uh, and then I knew we had to reschedule after last week, and I felt really bad. So I'm like, oh, I'll totally do it on Thursday, forgetting, oh, yeah, I'm already planning to go to Disney. But obviously, I spent the whole day here already. Disneyland doesn't close until 10. And this starts at like 8.30 my time. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to go find a nice, quiet place in Disneyland, talk about some Nintendo with the great A Nintendo dads, and, uh, you know, talk a little bit of Pokemon, talk a little bit of Frozen. Certainly was expecting that. And I'm happy to be here. That's great. Well, and again, you know, Roger has checked off the first box for us, which is having a guest call in from Disneyland. Like, that is now, I think we could end the show, close it off, ladies and gentlemen. It's our final episode because that is some, that is some goals. <laughs> Wait, wait, I don't think goals. it's ever going to happen ever again, to be completely honest. I don't know of another podcast no. guest you're going to have. Maybe and Josh, maybe at some point. <laughs> Josh, when I was, I, was in, I was in Disney a couple of years ago in Euro Disney, I sent Josh a couple photos, and they still had up like the Halloween Disney stuff, because we went the end of October, oh, yeah, yeah. first couple days in November, they still had their Halloween, so I sent him a quick photo. I just kind of said, like, do you want to guess where I was? And his instant reaction was, he's like, you're in Disneyland. Like, yeah. what are you doing? That's, that's, <laughs> that wasn't really hiding much on you. I apologize. 
No. Uh, and yeah, of course, folks, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Roger is 100% right. Having him on here, uh, he, we, uh, we're going to talk some Pokemon. Of course, we're going to talk about some updates as well. Uh, so those are going to be our news items. Before we get into that, we have to thank some amazing folks. Tim, who do we need to thank? Uh, do we get that 7-Eleven endorsement yet? You have not. I am really okay. trying. I had some right. taquitos today. I got sick in their bathroom. <laughs> I I don't understand why they went into If you guys need a 7-Eleven sponsorship, I'll hook you guys up. I'll find the right people to talk to. and we'll. Uh, I think that's going to we'll be the worst happen. idea for us is a 7-Eleven sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's sponsoring us yet. Yeah, and what, Tim, why don't we get sponsorships? Because a lot of people pay for us. Who pays for us, Tim? We don't need them. We have our Patreons who give us our sponsorships. That's exactly it, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate that segue. Thank you. Yeah, and for as little as a dollar a month, folks, you can head over to Nintendo Dads, or sorry, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where if you're in the charitable giving season, you like the content, and I don't know why you would, that we're putting out here, you can definitely feel free to contribute. Uh, someone's got to pay for this amazing Christmas blazer I've got on right now, and that's, of course, because of our amazing uh, Patreon folks. And, of course, if you're watching us on Twitch and you've got one of those Twitch um, Prime subs, we're happy to take that from you as well. So we appreciate it. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your patronage. Uh, let's jump right into the news, Jesse. All right. And one of the big news items hitting today, and I did talk a little bit in the beginning, um, Super Mario Maker 2 got a 2.0 update, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I kind of called this the Zelda Maker at the beginning of it because that is kind of the biggest hook, I think, for this update. So it includes a Master Sword that turns Mario into Link, and you can now use swords to attack, shields to block. You can use a dash like Link to the Past, and you can use a down thrust like Adventure of Link. Uh, you can actually use your bow and arrow to shoot in three different directions. That's uh, 45 degrees up, horizontal, and 45 degrees down. And you can use a bomb. So these are some, some pretty huge changes from that. They've got some other things introduced, such as new enemies, as Spiky and Pokey. Some new items, Frozen Coins, P-Block, Dash Block, um, and then a new mode, which is a speed run as well. Guys, what do you think of this uh, Mario Maker 2 update? Too little, too late. Yeah, exactly, Roger. Tell me why you're saying that. I mean, it's for me, I've wanted like the me costumes to come back for a long time. I feel like the fact that we still didn't get those, like not the me costume, but you know what I mean, like the Amiibo costumes where they had all the Smash Brothers characters and everything from the old um, game where you had like the 8-bit Wii Fit trainer and everything that was in Mario Maker, the original one. I just thought that was such a unique idea to have all these little costumes and while this one's cool because you have the difference of you know different weapons and different abilities it's still like i said just feels like too little too late i think mario maker really exploded on the wii u because to be honest like there really wasn't anything else to explode we had smash brothers and splatoon uh and mario kart right we had the racer we had the shooter we had the fighting game and then with mario maker we had the platformer and i think one of the bad things about being on Switch now is the Switch has so many good games. And I think had this been implemented with the original version of Mario Maker 2, along with the online stuff they added later, I think maybe the game really would have taken off in a bigger way. I know it sold well. I knew it was a decent success. But I think it could have been a much, much bigger deal if this was already in the base game. So, like I said, I think too little, too late. Yeah, and it's it's so weird. And I, you know, I've talked about this before. Nintendo with the with the Switch has done a really great job with so many of their games creating a longer tail of it. Right? Yeah. Almost every game they have put out in some capacity has had updates, 
um, timely updates or DLC. Like they've done a really good job interjecting or injecting more energy in the games, but it felt like they brought Mario Maker out and just just dropped it. Like it was kind of yeah. like, here you go, boom. Now the other crazy part is, so you think this comes out middle of June? Uh, a couple of weeks later, we we go into uh, sorry, what was in that space? Uh, Dragon Quest Builders. Right then we went yep. into Marvel Alliance. Then we went Fire into Emblem. Fire Emblem. Yeah, um, yep. like we and it just became a crowded space very quickly. Right, they move into August and, and obviously September and October have been nuts. But they, they've just dropped this like a hot, like a hot rock. Right, and we we're all saying like, where's our where's our other skin? Do you think like is this the is this the last update thing we're getting from Mario Maker? No, I mean I think we will get another one at some point. Uh, but again, like, does it really matter? Like, I don't really see the audience for the game as much anymore. And I'm speaking from a content creator perspective, right? Of somebody who makes videos about Nintendo stuff and, and looks at the landscape on YouTube and on Twitch of, of, you know, what games people are playing. And I feel like there's maybe still a small niche audience for Mario Maker, but I feel like so many of the other Mario Maker people kind of moved on. Like, if you look at people like Trihex, who were huge into the original game that now sort of have dropped off of Mario Maker 2... I think there's a lot of content creators that just got interested in other games and there wasn't enough there beyond that initial like, oh, wow, we have a new Mario Maker and it's on the go. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they probably will do more updates. I mean, they updated ARMS. They updated, yeah. you know, Splatoon 2. They've updated a lot of games. Smash Brothers, of course, is still getting regular DLC. We'll probably get more. In fact, it will. They've already announced it. Um, so it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe they'll add more stuff to it. Maybe if they want to promote another game. Like, I could see them maybe implementing for whenever metroid prime 4 or another metroid game on the system drops i could see them maybe adding samus and like the metroid mechanics into the game i think that'd be kind of neat it'd be a cool way to breathe fresh air into the 2d space but i also feel like you know you were calling this the zelda maker update and it's really not i feel like the Link's awakening dompe stuff is more of a zelda maker than this is and Whereas I feel like Metroid could, you could potentially make a Metroid maker within Mario maker, right? You could do, it works. It's already side-scrolling. They could do something with that. Um, So yeah, if they're going to do any other franchise, maybe that. But even then it's, again, too little too late, unless maybe they do some package deal for a holiday where they re-release Mario maker two alongside like a Metroid game and then do a bundle. And it includes all this DLC, if it's paid DLC or not, who knows, but. Yeah, it's just it's disappointing. As somebody who really loved the first Mario Maker and still really likes playing Mario Maker 2, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that like, yeah, this is cool. I'll try out a level or so, but I don't think I don't think there's a lot of excitement around making these new levels and I don't really see people talking about it, especially when we know there's going to be another Smash character soon. We know all this, these other games are coming out next year. We've got Animal Crossing on the horizon, no pun intended, with, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 on the way as well and Bayonetta and Metroid Prime 4. It's just it's kind of a crowded space, and I feel like Mario Maker really benefited from being on the Wii U because mm-hmm. there really wasn't anything else. Right. And, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned those other games, but I thought the timing of it was actually pretty good to fit in this time slot where they don't have anything going on, where they dropped all these games. Then, So not to crowd it even more, they waited and then decided to drop this. I think they could have dropped that during that month when Mario Maker was the only thing on people's minds. Because I do think a lot of that audience did move on to Fire Emblem. I think maybe not so much with Marvel, but I think a lot of the really hardcore Nintendo players, right, who are looking for the next big thing, would have probably spent more time on Mario Maker if it was their holiday game or if it was something that, again, wasn't sandwiched right before Fire Emblem. I think, obviously, it did well. Again, the game is a success, and people still enjoy it and play it. 
But I, I do wonder, you know, how this would have done now, how this would have mm-hmm. done in December when really like there isn't anything else. Pokemon just came out. And so that's yeah. great. Um, but again, that's like a different audience. I feel like Pokemon is even a lot more mainstream. So you don't yeah. think the DLC counts as that uh, December? No launch? way. Unless they're going to repackage it as like, oh, Mario Maker 2 plus Zelda. Like they make a big push for this. It doesn't seem like they're making a big marketing push in terms of the switch for this holiday season with Mario Maker on it. It seems like yeah. the big push is, I mean, Mario Maker's in the commercials, but it feels like the big push is for the more recent games. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where even if you look at like those little game awards or, that Nintendo or announced, Mario Kart where they said, or exactly, yeah, which is also bizarre, right? That they're still. <laughs> pushing mario kart 8 and all these commercials whereas they just had mario maker it's like right. there could be too much of a good thing and it feels like the switch is is having that at least it, in terms of mario maker's existence right there's not too much of a good thing with switch i give me more good games that's fantastic but yeah. in terms of this game specifically i feel like the lifespan uh was greatly shortened due to everything else that was coming out this year you're the first person i heard actually who this from this angle I haven't really? heard anybody. Yeah, anybody else that I've listened to seemed like they were excited about the the Zelda. Well, oh, I'm I'm still totally excited. Don't get me wrong. And ready to I, jump I'm, in. Yeah, I'm I'm still totally excited to play it. I think I'm speaking from like a marketing perspective. I'm speaking yeah, from a why are you doing this now, right? Like when there's all this <laughs> other stuff coming out, that's cool. But this is just going to get lost in the shuffle. I think of the holiday season. And I, yeah. I, again, I really don't think it's something where like if they had a marketing campaign with it, where they're like, oh, Link is now in Mario Maker, but they don't. They're, they announced it in a tweet, and people were like, oh, this is really cool. I want to play this. But it's not implemented in any of their holiday commercials. It's not <laughs> implemented in anything, you know. So that, that's the thing that's sort of giving me pause. Yeah, and that's exactly it, right? Like, I mean, you know, I, like, I'll be straight out honest with you, right? The patch came out yesterday. I downloaded it, right? And then I was like, cool, I'm going to jump in. And I jumped in. I was like, cool, I want to play some Zelda. I want to play some Zelda levels, right? Like, I want to see what this is like. And I was like, What's I can't levels? really find that. I can't find that easily. Like, which ones yep. are they? Yep. Are they curated? I don't want to build stuff. I just want to play stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'll come back to this later. And right. then I walked away from it, right? Now, I, and I I think the point that you made, Roger, I think was really critical, was when the – I think the Super Mario Maker, the original for the Wii U, was a success because it was on the Wii U, right? Totally. You didn't have very many other things to be excited about, right? So it really stands out as a shining moment. But I totally. think when everything else that has been put out in the Switch, especially in 2019, has been elevated to such a, a, I think, a pretty substantial level, I would argue that Mario Maker may have been one of the misses in 2019. Yeah, you know, not to say of, from a quality standpoint at all. The no. game is great. It's it's totally, yeah, a miss from like a, a marketing space standpoint for them. Even yeah. at like the end of the year awards that Nintendo's doing right now, they recently did that thing for the Nintendo Power Podcast, and it's like Mario Maker is almost not in any category, and yet you see all these other games that are on the system getting a lot of love. I mean, we didn't even talk about Astle Chain or like Dragon Quest, but there's all this stuff that really did just crowd that area. And you would think, well, a Mario game should stand on its own. And in any other year, I would agree with you, right? It's like, yeah, a Mario game should. But I think a Mario game stands on its own when it gets released in in winter, like a Galaxy time frame, a yeah. Mario Odyssey time frame, and it didn't get released then because they didn't either didn't want it to compete with Luigi or didn't want it to compete with Pokemon. But then I would also argue that so much of Mario Maker is reliant on user-created content, and you've got Luigi's Mansion 3 right there as like your Mario game for the holiday that I would argue it's like you don't have to worry about user-created content. They have an awesome 
base game for you right there that you can just buy and play out of the box and mm-hmm. experience all the new stuff as opposed to like what you said. Well, now I got I would love to try the Zelda stuff out, but now I got to look online for a level that's already uploaded. I got to find one that's actually enjoyable to play. That's not just like, oh, they threw it in randomly in some other level. I need to find one that really implements the puzzles. And it's going to take months before we get to that. And in that time frame where people are working on these levels, we're going to have the re-release of Shimigami Tensei, the, um, the Tokyo Mirage Sessions game. We're getting Animal Crossing New Horizons in March, which is coming sooner rather than later. Um, new Smash Brothers characters. There's just so much stuff. Nice. Tim, I saw you just put up a quick a quick screenshot there. Super Mario Maker 2's sale numbers at 3.93 units sold as of the last fiscal report as well. So not bad. No, but no definitely, not at all. But definitely not in their you know, top hitters, as we would call, like the Mario Maker 8. Sorry, Mar- Mario Maker 8. <laughs> Mario Kart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mario Kart 8, right? Or Pokemon uh, who sells Breath 6 million units in three Odyssey, days. Po- yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, Pokemon that sold that much in three days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, guys, uh, let us know in comments below if you're playing Mario Maker 2. If you're excited, uh, send us an at or, or comment as well. We appreciate that. Moving on to our next quick thing. Speaking of Nintendo making some interesting marketing decisions, uh, next week, guys, December 12th, go to your your Switch dashboard and get ready to refresh some apps that you're excited about to refresh. And I'm, of course, talking about the Super Nintendo Online and the Nintendo Entertainment System Online because, boy, folks, we got six new bangers of games coming to you that you are on the edge of your seat to be playing this December. <laughs> uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard from the facetiousness or sarcasm in my voice, rewind and listen again because it's definitely there. Uh, four <laughs> games coming on the Super Nintendo. You need to be aware of Star Fox 2, Super Punch-Out, Kirby Superstar, and Breath of Fire 2. And then moving to the SNES, or sorry, the Nintendo, Journey to Celius and Crystals. I have, Crystal? I don't even know what those last so Christ- are. So I only know Crystalis because of Will. Will Thompson from VG okay. Tribune, formerly VG Tribune, um, loves that game. Absolutely adores Crystalis. So shout outs to Will. <laughs> so I know he's very happy about it. Um, the so one that's thing the that one game me, I'm interested in. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to, the one thing that stood out to me though was Star Fox 2. I think it's really cool that they decided to throw that on the Switch, but it seems strange considering that was sort of like the selling point of the Super Nintendo Mini. And exactly. so now it's like, okay, well, why did I really buy that? When I have a Switch Online now, I could just play all this stuff well, on the Switch. You can't buy it anymore, so why not? Right. Well, exactly. So maybe that's the <laughs> argument. But on the other side of stuff, the only really thing missing from that that's not on the Super Nintendo uh, Online thing yet that I think should be is Donkey Kong Country. When you've got like Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. 2 and Donkey Kong Country 3 and everything, and it's the 25th anniversary, and you don't have that on there. It just seems it stands out. It's very bizarre. This is why I bring Roger on because I love those comments. Donkey Kong has to be on there. Donkey yeah. Kong Country is my jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that feels like an, like feels like an absolute miss. Does anyone like? Do you guys play these anymore? Like when like when the when the SNES online came out, Roger, you, you did you would play it for a couple weeks or? Oh yeah, or no, are you I just mean, like I, hey, it's there. I have a tradition every year of playing through Pilot Wings and Super Metroid. Those are two games every single year. I mean, since I was like 18 or 19, every single year I've played through Pilot Wings and Super Metroid. And so when they released those games, I played those two. <laughs> On the Switch Online, I beat Pilot Wings like in the first week, and I recently beat uh, Super Metroid. Um, but beyond that, no, I mean, not really. I played a little bit of Link to the Past about an hour and a half, and I played um, just like five or six minutes testing some of the other games that were on there uh, what's the what's like the spin-off of ghosts and goblins that's on there that i really liked uh, demon's crest ghosts? i think no, no 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 the other one i think it's demon's uh, crest demon's crest. that was cool yeah that was cool um yeah but really 
I don't. I mean, again, the Switch has so many good games on it now that I, I, I find it very hard to go back and play that. But I will say, at least it adds some value, right, to that Switch Online thing. Because Lord knows there's still some issues with the online service for some other games that... Uh, Especially with, with Pokemon, I guess we'll get into that. But there's a lot of weird stuff that's going on with Pokemon between, you know, uh, like having to do surprise link trades and then the link code numbers to link with people, but then other people use the same code number and then it gets like frazzled and you have to, you know, you have to tell your friends separately on text messages, oh, this is my link code as opposed to just going to a friends list. So they have other things to worry about with online. Um, I think before like, adding more games to this, but again, at least it adds value to the people that already have it. And realistically, for what you're paying for, I mean, it is kind of nice to have a big library of NES and Super Nintendo games on top of like Tetris 99 and some of the other bonuses you get. So that's a plus. There's certainly not a downside to this. I mean, they're going to add more games. That's great. But again, it's like there are still some big ones that are missing. And hopefully this sort of kicks them off going into 2020 where they say, well, we want to do more games every month, kind of like what they were doing in the early days of the NES. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is the first kind of update we have seen since the SNES Online came, service right. came on in September, right? And they did at that point kind of say, hey, we're stopping the the monthly updates of the NES. We'll update at our own leisure. So whether we see this actually occurring every three months or whether it will be more frequent than that, it's tough to say. I don't yeah. have a lot of faith when, the, when they only drop two NES games. That right. does not give well, me a lot of faith. To be like, fair, that, what that feels like left, that tag right? is pretty true. Dri- yeah. Uh, the only dumb. the only other things they could really add are I think are are more third party content. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would love to see Metal Gear on there. I think Metal Gear would be great if they could throw like the NES port of Metal Gear on. Um, but beyond that, I feel like yeah, they've kind of exhausted the NES library. So I think we're good on that end. But oh. Super Nintendo has so many other great. I mean, Dream World, right? Is that they throw Corona Trigger on there? I think right. Corona Trigger would be fantastic, but yeah. I think Square. That's up to Square. That's not really up to Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot, and that's the thing for for a lot of these. There's a third. You know, it's the publishers, and there's other backroom deals that are not in yeah. Nintendo's hands that make yeah. it much, you know, more difficult. They're like, where is my favorite game? Insert whatever that favorite game is. You know, who own, Who knows who owns those licensing to Earthworm Jim from 1994? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that is – it's a deep I, cut, but 25 I, years ago, you never know. Considering Konami and Kojima aren't very talkative with each other, it's, yeah. I think seeing Metal Gear is probably going to be unlikely. Yeah, yeah. You know what? A man can dream. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Very true. Hey, hey, Tim, any of these float your boat? Are you excited to go round for round and punch out or, I don't know, see what the heck Kirby does with his life? So I agree with you guys for the most part where, you know, it's there. I can get it when I'm ready because there is a bunch of new stuff that I want to get to. But the bang for my buck is seeing my 11-year-old son going into NES library or the SNES library and playing these games for the first time because he never oh, got yeah. to play them. Mm-hmm. So that is where my bang for my buck buck is when i got to see him i i didn't say anything to him i just walk in the room and he's sitting there trying out all these different games you know he'd try one and then you know he's done with that one and then or he'd find one he really liked and he'd play that one for a while so i like the fact and i know he's gonna really like super punch out because he loves punch out games especially the oh, one nice for good the so i know he's gonna love that one because he really liked the nes punch out game so he'll be ecstatic for that one so I, for me, for my family, because we got the family plan, uh, that I, I see him really enjoying these things to try. So that's curiously, what are that's, some of the other games that he really like 
caught a liking to because that's that is fascinating to sort of see like the the younger generation that's never even known about these games before playing them for the first time so it's cool to hear that he likes punch out but like are there any other ones that sort of stand out where you've gone oh wow it's really cool that he loves this yeah uh he definitely likes kirby games so he was digging though the the nes ones there cool um but I didn't stay around long to keep watching him over his shoulder to see what else he got <laughs> into. So, but sure, like, sure. you know, the couple that he got into to play, uh, I think he actually was playing golf for a while too, which was very interesting. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was, that was cool to watch. That's awesome. It's great. So folks, that update is going to occur December 12th. Interestingly enough, the same day as the game awards. Now, before we jump in and, uh, and uh, talk some Pokemon, with Mr. Rogers Base, I do want to throw just another quick little update. I talked last week because it was Thanksgiving in the U.S. Gobble gobble, happy Thanksgiving to y'all! Um, about some of the uh, Black Friday, Black Friday sales, right? Everybody goes out. We love our family on Thursday. We will murder and stab someone else on Friday with a knife <laughs> uh, for a great deal. God bless America. Uh, but let's talk about how well the Nintendo Switch did uh, over that last couple of days, because folks. Surprise, surprise, it sold a lot of copies. So this is straight from Nintendo of America's press release, and I'll read it for you. Over Thanksgiving week, this is November 24th to November 30th, the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Lite system sold a combined total of more than 830,000 units in the U.S., according to internal data. This ranks it as the single best week for the U.S. sales in Nintendo Switch history. These results were bolstered in part by the recent introduction of Nintendo Switch Lite and a variety of Black Friday offers, such as Nintendo Switch Bundle, that include a full game download of the Mario Kart 8 digital game at no additional charge. Total sales of Nintendo so Switch the, in the, the Americas the old... have reached 17.5 million units. Whew. Ooh, so, ladies, so this is actually on the back of an email that we got from Nintendo of Canada, who actually uh, sent us an email that said, as you may have seen, Nintendo of America has just distributed a release stating that over the Thanksgiving uh, weekend, that did quite well. Uh, the, the other statement we have is, this is from the Canadian side, we can confirm, based on internal data, that the Nintendo had its strongest hardware sales of any week in Nintendo Switch history in Canada as well. Uh, wow. So both the American... So both both uh, the U.S. and Canada sold a lot of Nintendo Switches. Um, now, obviously, probably uh, Canada did not sell eight hundred and thirty thousand because we don't even you know that's this is not going to happen here. Uh, but I can, have that I many can imagine that, that. Come on now, <laughs> that's, that's not far off, right? You know. So, folks, Nintendo Switch well, sold well. Roger, are you shocked by this? Not at all. No, I mean, I I mean you got. Pokemon plus all those legacy games that are on the system still where people are finally, you know, it's, it's hitting that like two and a half year mark where it's like, all right, now's the time to get it. Like, here's all the games that are coming out for it. Here's the games that are already out. I think with Pokemon and Smash Brothers out and Mario Kart and a full Mario game with Odyssey plus Mario Maker plus Zelda, two Zeldas, you got Breath of the Wild, but you also got Link's Awakening. Plus you've got the Switch Online with all those features. I mean, it's just like, it is the best time to have one. So I feel like ultimately... No, this is not surprising, <laughs> and I think it's just going to grow as, as we move on. I have another sales stat for you. Okay. In Japan, the Switch has now outsold the PS3. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. In two years. Like, yeah, it's like 10, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's over 10 million units in, Jap in Japan alone. That's wow. incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, not, not a shock. 
right? Not 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 really huge shock. And I think we all kind of questioned, you know, with the Switch Lite, did that reinvigorate it? Obviously, with Pokemon coming out, does that kind of stir the pot? And I think these results are, are definitely there. I mean, not to be not to be rude to Nintendo, but like I didn't think the Black Friday deals or the bundles were really that great, right? Like they were they were okay, right? But they were not like. You know, Especially the, Mar- the Mario I mean, I, Kart. I know you, you mentioned the thing with Mario Kart, but like, was it just the regular price of the Switch? Yeah, yeah. It was, re- and regular part, price it was pretty much the same Mario Kart 8 bundle as last year's, which means yeah. these were the well, old skew units. Yeah, with, the, with, it was the old skews. That's what I was going to ask you, is that does that include the Switch lights? No. The, the Switch oh, lights are not the, the, the numbers I gave you? Yeah. Yeah, the numbers I gave you include the Switch light. Oh, they do. Because I was going to say that would be interesting to know the breakdown of that. Like how many people are actually buying their kids switch lights. Cause I do feel like there is an audience that maybe would just see that as like, Oh, it's a price drop, right? Yeah. Where, Oh, it's the same system. You just can't play it on the TV. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want little Johnny playing on my TV anyway. Cause I'm watching a game or something. So here you That's, go. I'll just give them the switch. So uh, I think I, the stats I, I do Nintendo wonder. gave after the first two weeks of sales of the switch light was it's almost a 50, 50 split of people who's, Buying wow, really? a Switch for the first time, yeah. Having the Switch Lite as their first Switch, or and this is now my second Switch in the house. Like, yeah, wow. like if memory serves me right, because I mean, obviously it came out middle of September. And anyone who's in the chat, you want to find this and tell me, you know, tell me I'm wrong. I want to believe because I mean, they only really did the sales numbers for basically two weeks because the way their fiscal report was mm. that it sold just shy of two million in less than two weeks. I can see Tim. Wow. He's chatting right now. I want to think if memory serves me, one point nine three million. I want to wow. think it was basically in that two in that two week period. Tim is the work looking right now, so he's gonna he's I mean, gonna tell I, me. I love my Switch Lite. I genuinely do. That was something you know. Hashtag free game. Hashtag free product. Whatever. But like that's uh, <laughs> when in, when I got that from Nintendo, I like I wasn't really super pumped. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like I'm I'm thankful to get the system and try it out, but I wasn't really excited to use it regularly. What color? But did I had you actually genuinely. I got the turquoise one, of course. Okay. Team that's turquoise people, all the way. That's what people have been saying as their favorite color is. Oh, I love that, it. Yeah. That and, with the gray uh, being a second. Yeah. It, it, to me, I, I just didn't think I was going to get really a lot of use out of it because for me, I take my Switch already everywhere. I mean, I'm literally, I'm at Disneyland right now recording this with you guys and I have a backpack on and in the backpack is my Switch, but it's my regular Switch because um, I'm used to that already. But ever since getting the Switch Lite and transferring over some of my save data, Switch Lite has become my RPG system, pretty much. If I want to play an RPG, I put it on the Switch Lite. Outside of Pokemon. Pokemon's the only one that I kept on my main Switch simply because I stream from it. Um, But everything else, whether it's like Fire Emblem, now that I'm done with my playthrough on stream, um, my Fire Emblem walkthrough thing is on there. I've got uh, World Ends With You on there. I've got Dragon Quest. I mean, all of the major RPG games I put on the Switch Lite. Because to me, it's like the perfect thing to have next to the bed before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's like sitting there right next to my iPad. And, you know, I'm I'm in a one bedroom in L.A. So it's like it's very easy for me to walk to the other room and get my switch out from the TV and from like where I have the stream set up to to the bedroom. But it is also like a nice convenience thing where now like I'm going to bed. I don't have to take anything off my stream setup. I'm just sitting there in bed and I turn on Netflix on the TV or something and put on the switch light and grind and fire emblem or whatever. It's nice. Yeah. So I found myself literally using it a ton and mm. I, I found it's very comfortable. And I think if you have a, a child, especially, and you guys are the Nintendo dads. So I think I'm talking to the right audience. Yeah. Um, I think if you got a kid, right. Who really loves Nintendo games, but isn't a streamer and isn't planning on doing YouTube videos anytime soon, like just go with the light. 
it's comfortable. It's got a nice battery life to it. It's, I mean, of course, the new switches have the better battery in it as well. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's a nice little system. And I feel you're going to have less of a chance of breaking that thing if you give it to a kid than if you give them a regular switch with the removable Joy-Con. So today, kind of a follow-up on that story, uh, we have a four-level split in the house. I was downstairs, second level, in the kitchen, putting away, putting away some, some stuff from dinner. My youngest daughter is coming down the stairs, and I hear this, <gasps> and all of a sudden I hear smack, smash, Uh-oh. boom. And she has dropped the my original switch down the stairs oh, no. to the floor, and it hit with a thud. <sighs> and she comes around and just looks at me, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And first, Morgan, I know you listen. It's okay. It's not broken. It's fine. But there yeah. was this moment I, I was like, oh, my gosh, is this is this now smashed, right? But then my other thought of it was like, maybe I need to start looking at a Switch Lite. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, that, like that maybe, you know, maybe you need to stop playing with mine and maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing that's a little bit more breakable, maybe you can just be getting your own. So I don't know. Yeah. Think about that one. And for my wife, it was a decision of once they announced it. She doesn't care about connecting it to the TV. She yeah, right. cares about more portability. Yeah. And when she heard about it, originally she was going to wait to see if there was going to be an Animal Crossing version coming out. Mm. But we both talked about it and said, just get this one. We can always trade this one in when the Animal Crossing one comes out. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I want to I take a beat on that for a quick second. Roger, you're a big Animal Crossing fan. Do you think Nintendo's oh. going to put out a Switch Lite? Oh, uh, for, for, I think they're going to do a Switch Lite and I think they're going to do a Pro Switch. I am fully anticipating... Animal Crossing Joy-Cons with, like, the little leaves on them. Um, yes. And I'm a sucker. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> nice. Uh, just for reference point, Tim, I love having you on our staff. You are such a such a diligent man. Uh, 1.95 million Nintendo Switch Lite sold in the first oh, 10 days. Jeez. So I was not far off by my 1.93, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. That is crazy stuff. So, yeah, Nintendo That's Switch impressive. is doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to be cautious of time here, Roger. I know you're at the happiest sure. place on Earth, so I figured I let's am. talk about the happiest topic for you. No, it's not more <laughs> Frozen 2. Roger, talk to us about Pokemon. Sword That's a great shoot, segue. You are, you are yep. our resident Pokemon fan. You know all I things, po- the Pokemans. I am. Uh, so what do you got for us, buddy? Uh, first off, I was going to say great segue because we were talking about the Pokemon Sword and Shield stuff and then Nintendo Switch Lite, and they got that bundle, so that's awesome. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is this about Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm sure you guys have already talked about it. I haven't had the chance to listen to the previous episode talking about impressions. Um, one thing I will say is I went into this one with relatively low expectations. I you know, had heard a lot of weird stuff. People were misreporting things about like things being cut after they said that the whole Pokedex wasn't going to be there. People were saying that certain things were cut from the game and that the game really felt rushed, but The one thing I noticed while playing through this is that, yeah, there's less Pokemon. Like, they cut a lot of the Pokemon from that main national decks. But as a competitive player, I think it was a good thing, ultimately, after now putting 100 hours in in the first week. (laughs) I think it is uh, absolutely a good thing that they did that. I think the Pokemon that are there, it's clear that they put a lot of love into sort of designing their, um, not not their battle animations, but like when you do the camp and stuff like that, all the extra stuff that really characterizes the Pokemon is really fleshed out in this one. I think the new Pokemon that they added in this one are far and away the best since maybe Gen 3 or Gen 4. It really feels like there aren't too many like dud Pokemon in this one. The ones that they added are all really interesting and unique. I think even like the twist on the fossil Pokemon they did this time where you need like two different pieces for the fossils as opposed to just like 
doing one and then bringing them back to life. Um, a lot of the typings of the Pokemon are, are interesting in this one. We've got like Poison Electric, Grass and Dragon, Ice Electric, I mean Ice Bug, just typings that people have wanted for a long time. Ice and Fire with uh, Darmanitan. They have like the Zen Mode one with Ice and Fire, which I use all the time. Um, so that the variety is really good. There's unique things going on. And the one thing I found myself just absolutely loving, I, I beat the main story in about like 30 hours. Um, but I've put the, my primary amount of time into making competitive teams and doing raid battles and like god almighty i know they don't bring back everything that they add to each new pokemon game like mega evolutions and z moves or whatever and now in this one dynamaxing dynamax is cool but the thing i really truly hope never ever gets removed from pokemon games from here on out are raid battles i think that is such a cool way to battle with other people while still you know having this communal aspect that was transferred over from go where people were running outside and doing raid battles with each other and Having that with like the Gigantamax Pokemon or with upcoming event Pokemon, I just I find myself absolutely positively loving this, and I I truly did not think I was going to like it as much as I did uh, because I I think I even talked about this on this podcast. I was severely disappointed with Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. I think those games were a complete waste, to be honest. I think they're they're pretty much exactly the same as the original Sun and Moon, and the stuff that they added, I feel like ruined the story. Of the first Sun and Moon, they were just throwing in a bunch of stuff that was fan service, in my opinion. Um, and then I really loved Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. But, of course, I was going to love that because I grew up with Gen 1. So in terms of like a new generation, I, I don't know. I, I was left underwhelmed by the previous one. And then I, I didn't really know where things were going to go. I think Gen 6, too. I think like with X and Y were pretty weak, um, both in character variety and also like in the way that they actually built out the world. And so for this one, yeah, getting to yeah, walk through Galar, going through the wild area. on in X and Y, I got the gym too. We never finished it, put it down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they didn't really do anything different. And I feel like between the differences with the gyms in each version and the differences in the wild area and different Pokemon coming up at different times, the raid battles, the Dynamaxing, the camping, uh, you know, for as much as the Dexers or Dexit or whatever they called it, like as much as they wanted to hate on the game, I think ultimately yeah. – I just, I love it. And yeah, well, my favorite Pokemon of all time isn't in it. Like, Lickitung is not in the game, unfortunately. I don't have a Lickitung on my team. But you know what? Cutting Lickitung from the Pokedex is a small price to pay for the rest of this game, I think, being so good. And uh, I don't know if you, everyone, I, uh, if Justin and Tim remembers what my original prediction was after hearing that, that they weren't having the full decks available. That nobody you know, would care in the end? No. That I, I guess it was going to be about <laughs> 350. So they still went above and beyond oh, my, yeah. my guess. Yeah, they still had 400. And and the thing is, on top of it, Dana Miners have already found that they're doing more event Pokemon, more Gigantamax forms. They're going to bring in some of the starters from other generations and other legendaries from other generations. And I think that's cool. I mean, I'd much rather have a, a more balance, especially for the competitive game, right? I mean, I know you guys have probably talked about it from the casual side and the adventure mode. Um, so I'm probably just repeating a lot of things you guys said last week, but... For me, as a competitive player, as somebody that plays VGC, that plays Battlespot, that EV trains my Pokemon and Ivy trains the Pokemon and like does all that stuff. Well, not Ivy trains, but Ivy breeds all that. Um, Justin's they, the thinking. Quality of life I have features. no idea what he's talking about. Right. <laughs> not <laughs> so gonna lie to you. Not gonna lie to you. Well, I got a question. <laughs> I got a question for you. And <laughs> since you play it from that perspective, from your perspective, sure. is it does home count as the decks? Does Pokemon Home count as the new national decks? So where the each national game decks that comes out, you just keep adding to the home. 
Yeah, so the, the the new Pokemon will all be able to be transferred into home. It's just that certain Pokemon will not be able to transfer into certain games if they aren't in the national right. decks of those games. So Galar, there's like 400-something Pokemon, and if you transfer once they eventually do home, any of the Pokemon from your Sword and Shield, on that, from Sun and Moon, X and Y, whatever, from your Pokemon Bank into Pokemon Home, if they're in the Galar decks, you could transfer them into Galar, but if they're not in that decks, you have to transfer them only into a game that they're compatible. So if you have a Kanto right. Pokemon, you'll be able to transfer them into Let's Go Pikachu, and the Pokemon that have been cut from the national decks in Galar are not cut from the overall national Pokedex of like all Pokemon forever that's still right. you know accessible via Pokemon Home. Um but future games, it's, you know, time will tell whether they implement all those other ones in or they do DLC where the Pokemon that aren't in the Galar National decks will be added via raids or something like that. That's because that's where I was thinking they were going to try to go. Instead of collecting them all and bringing them all into one game, you're collecting them all and bringing them all into Pokemon Home. Yeah. And then you have them all there. You just won't be able to bring them into certain games. Certain and I think it's Pokemon. I think it's good. I think it's good in a couple of ways, right? Is I think it did almost become overwhelming in the past few years to have so many where it's like not really feasible unless you are a child or you work from home or you stream for a living. <laughs> you know, it's not feasible to get 800 Pokemon in your game and like make sure you actually catch all of them. And honestly, that seems like almost not, I don't want to say it's lazy, right? It's like, that's like a lazy thing to just say, because they're obviously put in work with all these Pokemon. But to me, I think fleshing out this world and doing the raid battles and having all these new features and especially the quality of life stuff they added here with hyper training and the battle tower and being able to get experience candies from raids. I mean, all that stuff makes it so much easier, not only to have a more powerful Pokemon as you're playing through the main story, but when you're playing competitively, you know, before you'd have to breed for hours on end to get just the right one and then if the nature was incorrect or you got a shiny one and it was a bad nature then you couldn't use it competitively and you wasted all those hours and now with the bottle caps and with the exp candies and with the trs and the tms you can literally hatch a pokemon and within 30 minutes no matter what the nature is you can make that pokemon competitively viable and play on like a national level with those pokemon um like an example I'll use is I caught a Corsola. They're the little Galarian Corsola that are, you know, the dead coral, the ghost type Corsola. And they're very good defensively. They're really good Pokemon. Uh, and I knew I wanted to use one of my competitive team, but I didn't have it as I was playing through the main game. So one of my subscribers traded me one. I wanted to breed it and nickname it with my own name. So I just threw it in the nursery with a ditto. Hatched it almost immediately because I was running around on my bike in the wild area and it took way less time to hatch the Pokemon. Finally hatched this little Corsola and after giving him all the right candies and all the right stuff, literally within not even, it was like five minutes after he hatched, he was already he had the right EV spread. He was ready to go. He was EXP'd up to level 100 because I had a bunch of EXP candies left over from the raids. Took him to the battle tower hyper-trained his stats so they were all perfect, and then he was good to go. And I've been using him online ever since. And the fact that you can do that now and really change up your Pokemon variety as opposed to being like, no, this is my team of six if I'm playing competitively. The fact that now I can test out these new features and really try out these new Pokemon, and you know, going back to what I said too, the new Pokemon they've added are so good. Not just from a competitive angle, but I feel like from a, a diversity angle, right? I mean, like having grass dragon types and steel dragons and, and poison electric and bug ice they're, they're trying new things with this one whereas before you know it's like oh here's the normal type of the generation right here's the new bird here's the new bug whatever uh, it really does feel like they went out of their way to design unique stuff and it comes through not only when you're playing the game through on your first playthrough and discovering weird things in the wild area 
but also when you're playing competitively and you end up online against somebody who has an ice cube, which is the new uh, penguin Pokemon. And this little penguin Pokemon has the ability where if he gets hit, he basically, it works like Mimikyu where he gets like, they get a free hit on him and then he can get his little ice cube head back if there's hail. So there's all these weird mechanics that, I mean, there's these strange strategies you're going to need to try out and play online. And, you don't feel like you're wasting your time breeding these Pokemon now because it's not taking up too much time. It's like they made this Pokemon game, I feel, for people like me or people like you guys who you know grew up with it or got it when we were teenagers and really loved it then but haven't really had the chance. They, you know, We have families now and we have other obligations and we can't sit and feasibly – you know, sit and, and breed these IV perfect Pokemon for 20 hours now. It, it really does seem like they've streamlined everything, but it they haven't done it in a way where it takes away from what made those games good in the first place. Like, it still feel when you, when you EV train your Pokemon or you breed the right Pokemon, you still feel accomplished from doing it. It's not like they took away the accomplishment of, oh, wow, you leveled up your Pokemon and trained him on all the right stats. You still have that level of accomplishment. It's just easier. So I don't get the downside of streamlining it. I, I, it's just been great. That's awesome. That is, that is, and I think it's a great perspective that you bring it from with that kind of the game within it, the meta game, right, so to say, right. right? The competitive side, because I've been playing it. I have been enjoying it over the last couple of weeks. I have only finished two gyms. Okay. Uh, but again, I'm not like a huge Pokemon fan. I'm just kind of shuffling my way through it but it's engaging enough that i want to keep coming back to it i want to and keep i think pushing the fact on. that you've the fact that you've only gotten to two gyms after this time too is i think is also a testament to how cool that world is to explore in the wild area where you know i when I, even on my playthrough when i was playing through it i got through i think it was like the first area i no, but it wasn't even the first gym because you go to the wild area before that and i got stuck in there for like three hours on stream because i was just exploring really? and then it finally took my stream to be like no you got to move on man you got to get through the story <laughs> yeah i was so i am i am eight hours into it and i just finished the second gym and i and i'm and i'm collecting like if i'm like oh that's a new one i'll collect it but i'm not like if I don't, i'm not i'm also actively avoiding them if i can see them right so if it's like I, i've already battled you already have one of you that's great i love the uh the kind of um, random trading or special trading? What is it? Just oh, those are fun surprise trades. Yes, yeah, so I think surprise. I'm like, what's the word I'm looking for? Surprise trading. Like that's kind of a fun thing too. Yeah, and, oh, and yeah. sending your Pokemon out in jobs. That's interesting. Yeah, right? like, there's so many layers to it. Right, it's all about how you want to consume it. Um, but I've, I've definitely found it engaging, and, and we all know that I'm a big fan of the Pokemons. So uh, I think that's that's <laughs> a sign. It's a sign. Dude. Uh I know, Tim, you're you having to wait till Christmas. Does this make you more excited hearing you've got the case you got the steel book right there. Did you open it up? Yeah, it's uh it's I had to look at it. So you, look at it. Okay. <laughs> you don't get yours till Christmas, it. right? Yeah, it is till Christmas though. So you gotta wait till Christmas. Hopefully the kids <laughs> don't that much longer. This, so. You're okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, their their kids are getting it for Christmas and I actually accidentally ordered it twice. Because yeah. I forgot I ordered it from Best Buy, and then when I found out Target was doing the Steel Book, I ordered it later. <laughs> so my wife and I are going to have a copy, and we're going to play. Nice, nice, <laughs> awesome. So I'm not the only person who buys four copies of the game. 
Yes. Yeah, see, <laughs> I'm mean, following that, in Jesse's footsteps. One yeah, thing that, too, that I is, think is really interesting is that it is a great family game. Like it, re- like this one especially is really fun because even if you're playing on your own systems, you could be exploring the wild area and have a different raid or a different thing in your game. And while you're sitting locally with your kids, you could be like, "Oh wow, I, you know, I I got this rare Pokemon in this one raid. Do you want to do this with me?" And then it's like it's a cool way to include the family and have it where they still have their own identity with their teams and their favorite Pokemon but you're finding your own. And it's even like my girlfriend, for example, my girlfriend is not a hardcore video game person. She loves video games, but she has a hard time playing like difficult ones, especially like difficult RPGs. And so for Pokemon, even sometimes in Pokemon, it's like a struggle for her to get through all the way. And so for for one thing for me is like, she'll be playing in the bedroom and I'll be playing on the couch in the main room. And then she'll like call out to me or text me or say something like, Oh, hey, do you happen to have this Pokemon? And I'm able to breed things and, you know, just give her things locally via the link trades or whatever. And she's able to get all her little favorites that she couldn't get in the game. You know, either it's not it's not in her version, right? She's playing shield and I'm playing sword or it's something that's like way further in the game. I could breed one for her and then, you know, give her the egg and then she hashes it. And it's like she feels accomplished, like she found the Pokemon. She's raising it herself. So it is it is a cool thing. You could play it as. When you do yeah, that, you does it count as her being the owner since so she hatched it? Yeah, if she if you trade the the egg to them, um, and then she hatches it, yeah, she's the the owner okay. of that Pokemon. So then, so then it, it doesn't get the XP bonus, but then also won't ignore you once it gets over leveled, right? Right, right, and also it, you could nickname it. So I mean, that's a big thing for me. She hates nicknaming her Pokemon, and I and love I'm, it. And I so know, sometimes if I yeah, want to mess with I've her, I've I'll never seen it, you with a default name. No, I never have a default <laughs> name. I have I have weird <laughs> nicknames on my Pokemon. I still I keep, remember KFC. I keep, I keep all the default oh, KFC's names the be- except like Combuskin? for... Oh, KFC's yeah. the best? I love <laughs> KFC. <laughs> I keep all default names except for Charmander. I just call him Fire Dinosaur. That's all. Fire Dinosaur. <laughs> That's all I change it to be. The now, one uh, before, not... before we move on to the next next thing, I've got a little bit of a hot take oh, sure. for you. Uh, I just want to understand your hot take. For it. So, Jesse, hot take! Roger, how do you feel about Hop? Uh, so actually I don't like, I don't dislike him as much as everyone else does. Um, I did recently, I don't know if you guys saw this. I tweeted out a tier list of the rivals from all the Pokemon games and I got a lot of flack for it. Uh, cause I actually put hop in like the middle category. I don't think he's as bad as people are saying. And I say this because I recently replayed through ultra center and ultra moon last year because I thought, were those games really as bad as I thought they were? And, uh, yeah, they were miserable. And how is the worst rival in any pokemon game i mean he did nothing other than say he wants to eat malasadas and so in this one for hop to actually have a story and to grow um i I liked him i I liked him i think he gets overshadowed in my opinion by two of the other rivals i think the other two are are a little bit more interesting well one of them is the other one isn't i think marnie's cool um but really her story kind of wraps up by like the last third of the game whereas hop continues on into the post game and i do like the the story progression of him and you know showing he's really trying his best and he he wants to be special and the world sort of carves out this niche for him anyway and i think i just think it's a nice story um but i love bead bead who's like the just the troll dick guy who's like following you down saying you know I, i'm better than you at every opportunity and then you finally beat him and he goes well you know what i just i let you win it's fine <laughs> and seeing his progression through the story uh i gotta say he he overshadowed hop for me beat is like one of my favorite see, rivals i think in the whole series see i'm kind of the opposite you know i, I i've been when i see that name i pronounce it in my head bay day 
So I'm not sure oh. which. I don't. I don't know which one is canon. But um, I know the way I am understanding Japanese words. That's how I saw it. But um, yeah, Bede. But uh, yeah, I, I am not liking Bede and Hop equally for the completely opposite reasons. You know, <laughs> you know, we liked the jerk rival in blue, and then they started going away with it. So we 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 have Hop now, who's like super optimistic, and then as a counter, we have the the super pessimistic. I'm like, that's too much of the other way. Have you how uh, how far are you in right now? I'm not very far. I only okay. I just finished the third. I I assure you, you will like the direction his story goes, because I think that the arc of Bede's character or Bede, whatever, however you want to say it, the arc of his character is really good. I think okay. they did something with that character where he's not so much punished for being a jerk, but it, he he gets his just desserts. Let me just say that, and I feel okay, like that's when. Fair. Yeah, and when you eventually see what he becomes by the end of the game, you're like, oh, that actually was a good like story arc. It wasn't just he was a jerk to you, and then he's like, by the end of the game, okay, well, I'm the champion, whatever, bye. It's like, there's nothing like that. He he goes through a full story arc, and the other thing is both Hop and Marnie do, too. It's just, uh, for me, I got a, a big comedic kick out of where his story arc goes. I still think the most heart is is Hop's. I think Hop has a good optimistic story arc, and he's, like I said, certainly not as annoying as how was i feel like how was never a challenge he really never never really knew what his motivations were he was just sort of like eh, i'm here and i want to eat malasadas and i guess i'll join you but really the story in sun and moon was surrounding lily and gladion and their family it how was kind of like this like side character and so in ultra sun and ultra moon when he becomes the champion and he's like this weakling that you've you know played through the whole game and you've had no trouble beating him and then you finally get the champion match you're like really this is it this is this is the end of the game. Um, and then especially with like X and Y, I don't even remember the rivals' names in X and Y. Like I don't, I don't even remember what their names were. So I, I feel like Pokemon's had some really weak rivals in recent years. And so to have not only one good one, but three of them in uh, Sword and Shield that I think are above average, I think is a testament to how, how much love and effort they put into the game. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I was expecting more of a hot take from that, but that's all right, Roger. I was. Oh, you know, sorry. Love... Yeah. No, no, no I like. No, no, it's, it's fair. I was. I was curious where you stood on it, but uh, I like. I your, will say uh, this: you... my hot take is uh, there's a lot of people who really hated the fifth gym. I'm not going to say what the fifth gym is. Okay. There's a lot of people I saw online that really hated the fifth gym, and I have to say, I think the fifth gym is quite possibly one of the best Pokemon gyms in the entirety of the series. Nice. Um, and again, I, I won't spoil that for you guys yeah. who well, uh, haven't gotten there. Watch, I wasn't a fan of how the third one played out. What was the thir- third one? Was uh, the fire one, right? Can, yeah, the fire one. Yeah, yeah. No, the fifth one is uh, <laughs> far and away my favorite. I love what they ended up doing there and how angry it makes you, but at the same time, <laughs> like I just I like that character. And again, that goes into some of the rival story too. So I won't I won't talk too much about it. But I, I really did appreciate that fifth gym. I'm hoping to uh, to really soak into it over the Christmas break, and uh, that's going to nice. be my kind of escapism for sure. Uh, nice. Roger, I want to be cautious of your time because Mickey Mouse sure. is calling, and I'm sure you got a handful of popcorn to meet up with your friends. To so be fair, I mean, th- I, I'm surprised you guys didn't hear that it's a small world after all theme that was playing very loudly. No, I'm sitting right now, right outside. I mean, you're all the, bopping, uh, our, bopping our heads along. Also, by the way, I read through <laughs> Twitter today. Apparently, Corey Barlow was at uh, Disney Plus as well today, or Disney California. So is uh, so is fellow Nintendo brand ambassador Gonda Chris. She's here with her family. There you go. And she That's does cool. not live here. She's in Vegas. So it just happened to work out that way. Uh, also, fun fact, I did not know this. My mom let me know after she saw some tweets that I made earlier. Uh, today is apparently Walt Disney's birthday. 
So I'm, wow. I'm on Disney property doing a podcast yeah, with Nintendo people small world on Walt's birthday. All. Look at that. <laughs> uh, uh, see what I did there? Perfect. Because it's a ride and it's a Disney whatever. Okay, moving on. Hey. Oh, ouch, Jesse. Then, wow. <laughs> now you're sharp on the soundboard. Now you're sharp. Get out of here. All right. Hey, uh, Roger, before I let you go, I do want to talk to you a little bit about a couple last things here. Uh, of course. From now is the Game Awards. Now, Nintendo yes. traditionally does fun things at the Game Awards, and you've been present there before. Uh, any kind of like crazy predictions? Like, so I thought about last year. So last year we had Joker's DLC was announced. This is the yep. this is the first batch of dlc that was when it was announced yes yes yep um we had marvel ultimate alliance announced and i believe bayonetta 3 were all announcements so typically you know we all tune into the game awards not necessarily about what games are going to win what award because we all don't really care that much but it's a world premiere what do you think we're going to see from nintendo what's your wild and crazy speculations hopes and dreams we all expect a smash reveal right i think that's like that's a no-brainer i think that's something that will probably happen um, as for what the character is, like, I, I really don't know at this point, like, to be honest, this sounds really weird as somebody who's like a super hardcore smash fan, but I like, I don't really care at this point anymore. I don't like, I, I went into this game. I wanted Isabel. I wanted K rule and I got Banjo Kazooie and I got all three of those. And I mean, but those were literally the three characters. Like if you would have asked me going into the smash game, what three would you want? I said, K rule, Isabel, Banjo Kazooie. And I got all of them. Plus I got Joker, which I would have said if I even thought that was a possibility, and uh, and ironically enough, that was the Game Awards the previous years when they showed them off. Um, so now I, I I don't know I I don't particularly care like I don't really know who we're gonna get. I'm sure it's gonna be somebody cool. Um, I think I'm really more excited for what's gonna happen going into next year with the additional DLC characters because okay. I think that's where we're gonna start seeing like the Nintendo characters. I think mm-hmm. these have all been third party characters from new franchises that weren't in Smash before. Um, and I'm assuming the fifth character is probably going to follow that same train. Um, and, and because of that, I think if they start selling the additional DLC characters outside the fighter pack for next year, they could do something where like, they don't need to make a stage if there's going to be another Mario character, right? If they decide to now's the, finally the time for Gino, you know, they don't need to make another Mario stage. There's already plenty of Mario stages. They could just sell Gino as an additional character, similar to what they do with Piranha Plant now for people who didn't get the game the first week. Mm-hmm. But, but but then we'll only get two additional tracks instead of fifty, right? Well, sure. Yeah, you'll get like the forest maze, and that's <laughs> it, right? <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, I, I do think I think we're going to get a big third party character reveal uh, at the Game Awards, and then in terms of like other Nintendo things, I think this would be the right time to show off a Bayonetta trailer. Mm. I think like Platinum Games just came out with Astral Chain; they're riding high. I could see them maybe showing that off after the action game thing if that ends up winning. Uh, I could I could definitely see a Bayonetta 3 gameplay trailer at this. Uh, and then, I mean, there's one or two big things from Nintendo that I think we could get realistically because there is a history with both of these franchises at the Game Awards, and that is Zelda and Metroid. Uh, mm. Because Reggie, famously, a couple of years ago, showed up with a screw attack little pin that never amounted to anything. He instead showed off Cranky Kong in Donkey Kong <laughs> um, mm-hmm. instead yeah, of wearing that, that Metroid print. So kind of a that was a little rough. Reveal. That was rough. So I could I could see them maybe, I mean, it, the game's been in development now for a while with Retro. I could see them saying, hey, you know what? Maybe now's the time. Let's show off a brief gameplay trailer of, of Metroid Prime 4. And I think that could really excite people. I think it's the right audience too, right? It's more mature uh, demographic. I think that'd be awesome. Um, but more realistically, I think we could actually maybe see a trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. Because mm. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they showed off twice at the Game Awards, Breath of the Wild, while it was in development. One while it was a Wii U game, and then again the year before it yeah. came out. Um, so. so if that's the case, I mean, there is precedent for a Zelda trailer at this thing, and we haven't heard or seen anything, despite the fact that it's very early in development, I'm assuming, um, of Breath of the Wild 2. And so I could, I could see them showing off a trailer for that, uh, maybe giving us a title for it as well. Uh, and especially if that game, I've seen some people predicting that might be their big holiday game next year. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, yeah, really do a cool blowout trailer and then have it, you know, come out maybe next November to, cause I think Nintendo's, they're going to have to do something, right? You've got mm-hmm. a new PlayStation and the new Xbox both coming out next year. Nintendo, I mean, sure they could do another Pokemon remake. I could see them doing like Diamond and Pearl. Um, I think obviously we're going to get new Smash characters. We'll probably get another big Mario game, either like maybe like a new Mario 3D World type thing or a Mario Odyssey 2. I think any of that stuff is possible. Metroid Prime 4, Bayonetta 3, there's a lot of stuff we already know about. Uh, but I mean, if they really want to stick it to Microsoft and Sony, they might as well just be like, you know what? Well, Breath of the Wild 2, here you go. And uh, it's really just up to how long that's been in development. I think it's probably very early still. I, I don't necessarily expect it next holiday, but. I still think it's feasible for them to show a trailer at this, maybe with just a little bit more gameplay, a little tease of what the story is going to be like, maybe show us what hydrated Ganondorf looks like, because that's mm-hmm. very clearly Ganon, you know, in the, the teaser trailer where he turns his head all creepily. Um, and there was a lot of really funny fan art that came out of that where people were saying, well, he's all dried out. So what does he look like in his regular form? So getting to see Gerudo Ganon in his... Uh, you know, fully fleshed out muscular form and Breath of the Wild, I think would be really dope. And I think that'd be a, a really cool trailer. They could maybe show the Gerudo Desert and show Ganondorf or show a new mechanic of the game. I mean, a lot of people are theorizing playable Zelda because she cut her hair and it yeah. seems like she's more involved with the story. I think that makes sense, you know, systematically with like a lot of Japanese media. If you've got a female character and she's, you know, finally coming into her own, she cuts her hair. So like it seems... And especially with all the talk going into the original Breath of the Wild, where people thought, oh, there's the fireworks, <laughs> right as I said that. Um, you know, with, with the original Breath of the Wild, there were a lot of people theorizing that Link in those early trailers was uh, uh, Zelda. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that'd be really cool to sort of throw back to that and be like, or all right, we heard you guys, you want to play both Zelda, you're going to get her. Or because I heard in an, in an interview that they purposely <laughs> made them kind of gender neutral so people can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but after that first reveal, it was done so well that people speculated that you could play like Link, Linkle. Totally, totally. Instead of Link. But that wasn't the case. No, but I do think she'll probably be playable in this one. It'd be cool to see her. I mean, I I could see that trailer happening, right? Where you get like this playable uh, Zelda as the trailer. You like sort of span over Hyrule and then you look down at the playable character and it's Zelda instead of Link, like traversing one of the mountains. Absolutely. Is that fireworks going off in your back end there? Can you guys hear it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. Yeah, that is a, that's a Disneyland fireworks. <laughs> there you go. That is too funny. Yeah, I think those are I think those are fantastic. What do you Roger, what do you think? Any predictions about maybe, you know, the the long awaited Metroid Prime trilogy? This is a topic we talked about last week. Sure. Is there any truth around that rumor that that might show? Yeah, I think I think that could be there. I mean, that's been rumored to be in development for a while now. I mean, I remember dating back to the first year of the Switch, people were saying that there would be a Breath, um, Breath of the Wild, a Metroid Prime trilogy on the Switch, um, yeah. like a remaster yeah. of the one that they had on Wii. And I would people love people have been so. saying that about Mother Three for seven years. So yeah. right, but maybe I, I think, that's I think there's more to Mother Three finally comes out. <laughs> I think there's more to the Metroid thing than there is to Mother Three, though. So I feel yeah. like 
Like there is a as somebody who is a huge Earthbound fan, there's uh especially in this current climate, there's a lot of stuff in Mother Three that I do not think Nintendo wants to localize or would know how to localize. Um, so I think I think Metroid Prime Three is uh, or a trilogy, right? That includes three and then the original two games, especially before four comes out, is important to get out. And again, that would be a cool announcement for them. So, yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, Roger, I know you got you got to bounce here, so we're going to let you go. I just want to leave you with sure. one final question. Sure. Uh, any quick predictions for Nintendo for 2020? Obviously, Animal Crossing's there. Super excited, but we've really only got to look into possibly the first three months. The other rest of the nine are looking pretty empty. What do you want? Yeah, I think pretty strongly we're getting Odyssey 2. I feel I feel pretty strong because I think it's very weird that, you know, we were talking about DLC earlier while I was on um, about like, you know, all these games, Arms, Smash Brothers, Pokken even. I mean, all these games got DLC and Odyssey doesn't get any beyond Luigi, like no additional kingdoms, no Isle Delfino, none of the rumored Luigi's Mansion Kingdom stuff, like nothing at all. I think that's probably because they're already hard at work at putting all those new kingdoms into another Mario Odyssey game. So that's my guess. I think we're going to get another Mario Odyssey and another Zelda next year. And I think, I mean, if they can capture lightning in a bottle twice, that'd be incredible. But I think if you have another Zelda and another Mario, they could do, you know, a replication of what happened the first year of the Switch. So do you think they bookend that again? If I'm taking your idea there, Roger, with Odyssey in October and then drop Breath of the Wild in December, leaving some Pokemon remake right there in November. Yeah, and I mean, you're they just could. you're eating up all that all that space that uh, both PlayStation and Microsoft wants to take up with their new consoles. Or what they could even do is do Odyssey two in November, right? And then or Odyssey two in like October, and then have a Pokemon remake in November, and then in March, you know, for the three year anniversary of um, the original Breath of the Wild, they could release Breath of the Wild too. It'd be yeah, kind of cool. Or I guess it'd be the four year. It'd be the four year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, which, no, is no, reasonable, no. which is reasonable, which is reasonable from a development be. cycle. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Actually, Justin lied. I, I have one quick question from uh, from from Ebisil in our sure. Discord chat. I, I I don't know if you're familiar with the Nintendo Voice Chats uh, IGN's podcast. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, for those who don't listen to them, people like to have this jerk wizard show up and just take stuff away and then propose the scenario saying, what do you do now? <laughs> okay. So, so the question is if the IGN wizard showed up and removed all the food in the world, except for one type of curry dish, what's the protein or main bits would you choose for your curry? That's made out of a Pokemon. What? Wait, <laughs> so, so which is another, which is another so not a thing. Real life. I, I thought you were talking about like a real life protein before you said made out of a Pokemon. So right, you're well, saying, which is another thing from NVC is they like to eat Pokemon. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, so you're saying what one Pokemon would I eat? Yes. Like on a curry? Kingler, yes. no doubt. I don't even have to think about that. Kingler, for <laughs> sure. He's a giant king crab. Who would, wouldn't answer Kingler? I mean, the other, only other acceptable ones like Crawdon, right? Because he's a giant crawfish, but I mean, Kingler, no doubt. <laughs> I don't even yeah, have to think I, about I, it. I, I think uh, Alchemy might might help to make a good sauce. Well, Alchemy's sweet, though. Do you want a sweet curry? Like, she, she'd make a sweet cream sauce. She wouldn't be like a savory oh. dish. 
I want elk. I would eat elk. I, to be honest, there's a lot of Pokemon I eat. I'd Buffalant and I'd eat Tauros. I'd eat uh, El Cremi. I'd eat <laughs> Crawdont, Kingler, Crabby, a bunch of them. But Kingler yeah, if looks I had like to it'd be one, a hard shell to crack. Well, I mean, that's not my job. I don't have to make the curry. I could go to a restaurant and order King Kingler. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, great question. Uh, Roger, as always, fantastic having you on. I know you got to bounce or else Mickey's going to bounce you out of the park. Oh, uh, he's, he's so, probably ready to go right now. Yeah, Right. He's, he's, he's looking at you. He's tapping his watch. He's like, get out. Ha-ha. What are you doing? Talk about Nintendo. Come on. Get, get out, out of here, here, you little punks. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Miyamoto uh, wants Mario to be as uh, famous as Mickey. No right. Well, he kind of already is. I mean, isn't he? I, I would argue they probably is. Getting there. <laughs> uh, Lord, he's very close. Lord Stark yells in our chat, uh, Roger, Pokemon, Pokemon are friends, not food. Uh, right. Fair <laughs> as well. uh, sir, safe travels. Thanks for joining us as always. Thank so we you. appreciate it. Of course. Always happy to be on. I'm glad I was able to do this. I'm sorry that I had to reschedule last week. But then when I realized after... Uh, you know, looking at my schedule for this week, I went, oh, my God, that's today I'm at Disney. But actually, I think it worked out. It made for a very special episode. I think I love the fireworks in the background. It's a small right. world. It's all fantastic. Roger, <laughs> before you leave, where can new folks who listen to us find you? Sure, you can find me at Roger's Base on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, and on Instagram, R-O-G-E-R-S-B-A-S-E. I do Nintendo videos. I do anime videos, manga videos, vlogs, travel vlogs. And I will be live streaming the Game Awards. They just announced they uh, are allowing co-streaming on Twitch. But I will not be streaming it on Twitch. I'll be streaming it on YouTube like I did last year. And uh, so if you want to watch the Game Awards with me, as well as see my reactions to whatever gets announced, make sure to watch. Wow, look at that. Grand finale of fireworks during my send-off. Exactly. <laughs> like good, good timing. Perfectly timed. Perfect. Right. Excellent. Thanks, Roger. Of course. Always a pleasure. Talk to you guys later. Talk, Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bush and Why You Cat says is... uh, wa- Wobble Puffet flavor. Ah, uh, Wobble Puffet. Yeah, I love it. Uh, of course, guys, that was Roger's. Man, wh- I, you know, it's fantastic having someone like Roger on, and I know that uh, typically it gives us an opportunity to kind of throw and interact a little bit back and forth, but uh, Roger just has such a passion and so well spoken as well, and and a uh, good friend of ours as well. Uh, Jesse and, and Tim, kind of anything that Roger kind of leaned into there, whether it's the game awards, whether it's the Pokemon's that you guys want to kind of follow up on and chat about before we we move on. I I can't think of anything. He's covered everything that I would have thought of covering. Something that jumped out to me, and I and I think I brought this up before, is the Metroid Prime, uh, the trilogy. That we you brought up last week and mm-hmm. and stuff, and I've pre- tried to predict it a couple times before, and it just doesn't work out. But um, it is a game I want. But I also wonder if it's one of those things where when they went into it to make it HD or whatever and make it work with the Switch, if they decided, you know what, we're not going to make this a trilogy. We're going to release each one as a remaster. And we're going to get possibly a Prime 1, Prime 2, Prime 3 separately yeah. at different times, up leading up to 4, especially if 4 is going to take a while longer, you know, in 2022 possibly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, my, so I mean, I, I like that. So I, and I know that you think, you know, you, uh, we were having some some back and forth on and about it uh, recently uh, there, Tim. I like that idea. Um, because it does, you can kind of create this episodic tale, as I mentioned to it before, right. To kind of get us there. Um, and I, and I wonder if that's more likely than this idea, as I, as I said before in last week's show, than developing three games, 
right? Like you have to rework, re-upmaster, revisualize HD, build ground up three brand new games. And that's a lot of work and that you're launching all at once that may or may not right. sell the way you want it to, right? I think that's that's a really big risk. And actually, I want to um, kind of flip into an email that we received. Uh, Russ G says, so long-term, what if the payback or relationship with Microsoft sees a different approach to Metroid Prime 4. So, Tim, ears perked up. This question may be for you, sir. Metroid has been a big moneymaker for Nintendo compared to, or sorry, has not been a big moneymaker for Nintendo compared to others. I talked about this last week. So, it might not be as close to something as they want uh, total control over as they would Zelda. It's a valuable IP, but they're not realizing its full potential. So what if Metroid 4 is a small-ish single-player campaign exclusive on a Nintendo platform where you level up your character? But then there is a much larger online community and partnership with Microsoft for multiplayer online gaming to compete with the, with the Fortnites or etc. that take your, le- take your leveled up character to. So, so he's like essentially a Prime saying... Hunters too. Yeah, essentially, he's also saying here, what if that, what if they, what if Call of Duty? Yeah, what if they kind of release the reins on Metroid a little bit, lean in the relationship with Microsoft um, as kind of a a, an IP they don't, it's not as big for them. What do you think of that one, Tim? I I definitely like the idea. It's um, I like the. when's he going to go over there and work for them so he can get that going, you know? So, <laughs> but I like the idea and, and I like the idea of possible prime hunters too, with that in mind, because I would like to be able to pay for those two things separately, pl- pay for the single player cap campaign first and play that one. And then if I want buy a multiplayer campaign or a multiplayer game in, in the prime hunters version. So, and then if that's something that can be played, cross-platform with xbox and or other devices uh that would be awesome so i'm always i'm always open to that i think it'd be awesome now would they actually do it i don't know nintendo you know (laughs) it's just nintendo (laughs) that's a a pretty universal statement nintendo shrug right like i don't (laughs) i don't really know what these guys do here yeah i know i tend to agree with you yeah it's it's definitely a tough one um Interesting question in the chat here. Um, Bush and Rye Cat, Nintendo Dads, is the push for Labo products for the future over? Was Ring Fit the end? I guess we're, we haven't we have not heard anything from Labo for almost six months now, at least. Right? Last thing was the VR kit that came out. I think it was in would have been in April because I know as we were still in Ireland, I didn't pick it up because I knew I didn't know I did not want to ship cardboard across the ocean. Um, <laughs> That seems stupid. So we gave it all away. Um, what do you guys think? I I don't think Ring Fit was the replacement or the end of it. I think there's obviously truth to the numbers, right? So um, what it, what they came out with was probably what was already planned and then uh, and already in the works, and so they had to come out with it. Yep. And if there was anything else before they put it into production, they probably scrapped it. Like they will usually do hold it back. So unfortunately, you no, know, but I could see it 
I, I don't think they're going to come out with another Labo, but I don't think Ring Fit was, has anything to do with it. Yeah, Ring <laughs> yeah, Fit no, is, I would is completely, completely disconnected from Labo. It's its own thing. But I don't think Labo ever did as well as they hoped. And I'm actually still surprised that they even tried something with VR. I think they, what they could do is still, if they do have anything, I think they could maybe create an educational arm if they already don't have one, that they could solely have something for the schools to, to use. Yeah. And our, and our good friend, uh, Mr. Vanky, Vanky. Oh my gosh. Principal in New York. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm like whiffing on your name right now. You've been on the show. We love you. Uh, he's a great example of a teacher and a principal bringing Labo into the actual schools, using it as STEM, uh, uh, you know, design for creative thinking with children. Huge, huge. Like he's a huge Nintendo fan. He works perfectly with it. Uh, so it's a great example. And Nintendo like came and like they worked with them and support them. So I think it's a great opportunity there. I think it's one of those things they don't need to bolster as much about, right? Like. Um, but I also love the fact that Nintendo can take a risk like that, especially when they're doing doing as, as well as they are on something like um, their sales in the Switch, right? Like, there's no doubt that they're making bank. So yeah, I don't think I don't think their two things are are um, is are sep or are you know exclusive. Uh, I think Ring Fit also did well, but I don't know. I don't really know the future of Labo. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, I also want to say big shout out to everyone um, from the. Uh, Capri Pants Raid uh, over on our Twitch channel. Thank you guys so much for coming over and doing a bit of our raid here. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, so thank you. And of course, if you're over here on Twitch, don't forget to subscribe. And if you're a Twitch Prime subscriber, you got you got a subscription to throw our way. We always appreciate that. So thank you so kindly. Um, guys, let's see what else we got. Any other kind of questions? I want I want to say this. I disagree with Roger. I love him. He's fantastic, right? We've had a great relationship with him for over five years. I don't think we're going to see Breath of the Wild 2 at the Game Awards. I don't think we're going to see a trailer because I think it's too early. I think Nintendo teased us at E3. I don't think we're going to see it again until E3 2020. I think that's when they're going to really kind of blow that out and have a good gameplay. Have some, Maybe we'll get our actual, you know, what it's called. Uh, Mr. Vatketh. Thank you. My gosh. Tim, man, you are fast on this stuff. Mr. Vatka, thank the you. Nintendo Dad's historian. I know, right? Jeez, now this is why we hire people like this. Um, so we greatly, greatly uh, I, I don't know. Do you guys disagree? What do you think? Do you think we're going to get Breath of the Wild next week? I'd like to see it, but yeah, yeah, I think that's a long shot. I agree with you. I don't know if that's, because here's the thing, is they've, if they, they've waffed. I don't think they're going to let history repeat itself. Because they had to show Breath of the Wild twice because they whiffed on it, right? And I, so I don't think they're going to do that again here. I, that's why I really think like they're going to show it when it's really close to being ready. And they can say like, boom, folks, you know, November 21st, 2020 is when Breath of the Wild 2, whatever it is, right? I think that's the next time we get it, we're going to get a real firm, like either window, like, hey, you know, winter or Q4 2020, whatever that looks like. I don't, I think they're, I think they're radio silent for a while. I like the sound of them doing it this time and potentially releasing in 2020 in March, like as an anniversary, four years. Um, I know that would, that would be three years, wouldn't it? No, 2021. No. Sorry. Yeah, he was talking about March. March 2021 release. Yeah, 2021. I, it sounds great because um, then they could do, you know, a teaser this 
game show and then they could do a full blown trailer in the next game show and then do a four year one uh in twenty twenty one. It sounds great. I just mm. don't know. Um yeah. it it I but although it sounds like if they're using the same assets and they're known to they have done it before where they've turned something around pretty quickly with using the same assets that we could get something next year. Yeah. Um, and of course, and the, what you're and, referring to there is Ocarina of Time versus Majora's Mask. Or Galaxy 2. Galaxy 2 is a great example. Yeah. Another thing that will make it, that could result in a faster turnaround for Breath of the Wild 2 versus the original, is they're only developing it on one system, not two, which sure. doubled the builds, doubled the testing time. Yeah, it's a great point. Although I'd love for them to also be like, it's exclusive on the Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> oh. Could you imagine that? Bush and Ryu Cat your... wants to see Shin Megami Tensei Five show up at the, at the Video Game Awards, which was originally announced in that big January Switch reveal event. Mm. And we have heard nothing about it since. Sure. Yeah. There are a ton of games that we have that have been announced we've heard nothing about for a while as well. Well, wasn't there something said too that there was still something in their back pocket that they haven't for the fans? Even after they met they released uh Link's Awakening, there didn't wasn't there a mention? Didn't Bowser say something about we still have a couple things that we haven't even announced yet? Could be. It was Probably. it was the stretchers. Yeah, oh there it is. Yeah, it was <laughs> that. It was. it was the or ambulance ring, game. And ring said at the time <laughs> that probably yeah. was Yeah, that was exactly it. So Surprise. Yeah, this is this is exactly <laughs> what you guys want, right? You guys want a game about ambulances and two player couch co op, right? That's what you want for sure it is. For sure. All right. That's fantastic. Well, folks. Man, it has been a banger of a show already. We are an hour and 20 minutes into it. Jesse, should we talk about what we have been playing? Jesse, let's go to you first, sir. Okay, so I actually took notes on this one because it's been a while since I did. I tried playing it. Uh, but I, I picked up Nanogram Prophecy, which is a non-Jupiter developed Picross game. Okay. And yeah, so if you listen to the show for any duration, you know that I like the Picross games and the ones I like are from Jupiter. Um, what, what makes or break a Picross game is usually the user interface because the gameplay is the gameplay. It's solving the puzzle. So it's the user interfaces, whether I like it or not. And I have a Good sized list of issues, you know, it, taken one at a time, they sound nitpicky, but the problem is they all collect into a, this is, this is kind of a mess. So, but the game was only $3, so not, not a big loss, but you know, so kind of, I'll run through them real quick from the least egregious to the worst, you know, in the menus, there is a back button, but it is not B, it is Y. And I never push Y first. <laughs> because 35 years of gaming says B is the back button. Yeah. So don't change that. Um, if, if I'm 
if my cursor is on the right side of the board and I want to go to the left, I usually push right and it flips to the other side. This game doesn't let you do that. Hmm. In addition, if you push and hold left, it goes once. It doesn't just warp over like the Jupiter games do. So if I'm on a 20 by 20 puzzle and I'm on the right side and I want to go to the left side, I got to hit that thing 19 times. That's kind of annoying. Or I want to just hit right once and it'll do it. Yeah, yeah. The the number hints on the on the rows and columns, you know, as you solve them, will start to gray out, showing you've partially completed it. Sometimes they're just flat wrong, so not helpful. Hmm. There is a color mode, but some of the colors are so close you can't tell which one's which. You know, an example I showed. If you're familiar with how RGB colors work, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, so, like two shades of gray would be A9, A9, A9 versus 80808080. There is not much difference between them, and they'll use them both. So, like, I will go. I think it's this shade. Then my hints didn't change, so I'll try the other one, and then so it's a lot of trial and error. Right. Okay. There's a big picture mode, which when you select it, you get nine smaller puzzles mm-hmm. that, as you solve, it makes a bigger puzzle. Mm-hmm. It initially has the cursor on none of them. There is no cursor. But when mm-hmm. I push the first button, it shows up in the upper right, upper, upper left corner, and then I can choose which one I want. When I'm done with that puzzle, it gives me the screen again with no cursor. And so the first one puts me in the upper left corner again, where it should just put the cursor where I left it. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of extra time in the menus that it shouldn't need to be. Hmm. Okay, and my number one sin about making a, a puzzle game, have puzzles where there are more than one possible solution. Mm. That is a fatal flaw. Yeah, multiple times I've come across a puzzle where it told me each row and column were correct, but the puzzle itself was wrong. Mm. That does not seem very efficient. No. But the first time, it was literally a 50-50 chance. And I, mm-hmm. knowing what the puzzle was, I did the wrong one on purpose just to see what would happen. Yeah. And, okay, that, that happened, and I put the right one in. And then literally the next puzzle... There were three different 50-50 chances, which means I have a one in eight chance of guessing the right one. It took me four tries. That's crazy. That's stupid. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. So, so if, would you recommend the game, yes or no? That one? No. Yeah. Even for $3, no. Okay. You know, All right. There's already three Jupiter-made Picross games on it. There's other Picross games that I've played, not from Jupiter, but were still good. Uh, so actually, there's four. It's four because uh, I forget what the other one was, but it was it was the one that had game puzzles based on the anime Overlord. That was also Jupiter made. Nice. Okay, and then there's there's another one coming from the Pixel Lines people that's kind of also putting a an RPG or a story twist on a Picross game. I'm looking forward to that one. I think it's called okay. Pixel Adventure. And nice. So I'll be, I'm looking forward to that one when that comes out. Okay. And and then the the last game I played, I played for about 15 minutes today. I downloaded the update to Super Mario Maker 2 that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
looked for a, a Zelda level. Couldn't find one. Yeah. And so, that was, that's, that's my thing is, is that I was saying this, I sent out a tweet today earlier is that the search function is still not great. Mario maker, the original one, there was a lot, there was a, there was a website you could log into. You could search by certain things. Like this feels like there should have been a bunch of canned Zelda levels already made or easily searchable that you have the ability to, and maybe it's there and I just didn't find it. Yeah, um, I was hoping they would have had one of the new, the new speedrun mode mm-hmm. because they, they they only have one course so far. Yeah, which I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So it, it incorporates the spikes and the and the pokies, snow too, and yeah, which kind of was annoying, but that kind of made they did creative things with it. Like they, there is one optimal path if you can get up onto the top, kind of like a mm-hmm. Sonic level. If you can get up to the top, it's really quick. But it involves you jumping on multiple thrown snowballs in midair. And I've only been able to make to that top row once, but I still died before ending. But uh, when you go into the into the level, the first time through, you don't see any ghosts. It's just you and the enemies. You go into the second time, once you beat it the first time, then you see ghosts of other people. And it's... It says um, you're able to adjust how many ghosts you see. I didn't check check that. And I'll, none of the ghosts took the upper path. But it also shows you a bar curve of how many people beat it in so many seconds. Yeah. Uh, the first time I beat it, it was the 50-second range, and I was able to get it to about 38. But this one, the, the graph literally looked like, you know, very flat, all the way to like the 25 second mark that it spiked up and then dropped down at like 18 seconds for the world record or something like that. Yeah. So the majority of the people, again, the people who found that upper path. Yeah. But again, if, if, and then you are ranked, I think I was like 145,000 out of 180,000. Yeah. But you know, I'm never going to get past the 50,000 mark or probably a hundred thousand mark if I can't get that. 20 second run because that's where all the, the spike is. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah, I was no, hoping for more courses at launch. I was hoping for a Zelda course at launch. Hopefully they'll give us more. I think this yeah. course is up for five days before. Hopefully. Yeah. I know in, in the, in the video they put out announcing it, they showed multiple courses where it would be, could be available at any one time at one specific time. So I hope they do have some overlapping, not waiting until one course to end before giving us a new course. So I will go back and try them as they introduce new courses. But uh, so in looking for a Zelda course, I was, I did try like the random puzzles, like Mm -hmm. the endless mode. And I did come across one course that did use pokies and P blocks pretty well, Mm. uh, but never, never saw Zelda one. And it just reinforced how much I didn't like the game in the first place because the community is garbage. And sure. that either they don't know how to make a good puzzle or intentionally make one that's so impossibly hard. It's just not fun. Yeah. Unless you now, like that if, sort of puzzle. Exactly. Now, if you're a fan, if you're a person like us who's like, man, but there's so like, there's gotta be somewhere good. I can go check for uh, Mario maker stuff. I guess strongly recommend you go over to our friend, Paul Lloyd, 
Uh, and Paul Lloyd is a UK-based content creator. He's a great friend of our show. He is Mario Maker is his passion. That is his thing. He is building a great community. So if you're looking for updates, you're looking for levels to play, you're looking for great just content about Mario Maker, you need to check out Paul Lloyd on his YouTube channel as well. Timothy, Timothy, yeah. Timothy, yes, what have you been playing, <laughs> sir? Well, speaking of Super Mario Maker 2, I just did that. I downloaded the update, so I'm hoping to jump into that some more. I had started playing it back when it came out, doing the, the 100 courses part, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't even touch the online community type games at all. So I'm hoping to find some time to be able to do that. Um, and I did download Thumper, which was on sale during Black Friday. It was actually one of the games that I actually bought because I remember hearing everybody talking about that. And I had to prevent myself from buying a bunch of other stuff. So because because, you know, I was trying to make sure my family had something to be able to get me otherwise. Um, and then uh, I did. Oh, actually, I did download also the Jack's Jackbox Party Pack 6. Yep. Uh, I had to get that for especially for the holidays and have that on hand to start playing that. I haven't played it yet, but uh, hopefully soon I'll be able to get to play that. So those are the things that I downloaded. But things that I have playing is the things I've talked about before, which is Asphalt 9, which I think, again, is a great racing game on there. It's a free start game. If you like race racing games, especially arcade versions with with real car, real cars in it, um, this is a great game to start with um i think especially with being free to start and i really didn't have to spend any money as far as i got but i did because i wanted to give the developer some money anyway so um but you can you can get just like any other game because it does have some mobile mechanics and it came from a mobile game where you can buy card packs um card packs so you get Mm -hmm. blueprints and parts for your cars uh, so you got to be careful of that you can, you know, go a little bit far with that and end up spending more than you probably would on a regular racing game. So um, but it is a good game. And uh, so if you like racers, check that out, especially arcade racing games. And again, I've been playing Luigi's Mansion still. I haven't gotten to as far as a lot of our community has or even beaten it like many of the people in our community. I just beat the fifth floor and got the sixth floor button. So. Uh, the fifth floor was the musician. So to remind everybody who, if you haven't gotten there yet, or if you have, and it's been a while, that's who I just beat and got to the sixth floor button. So I've been trying to beat a floor at a time, you know, at night when I go to bed type of thing. Uh, because the other game I've been splitting time with is uh, a non Nintendo game, which is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on oh. my PlayStation. Right. You guys talked about this a couple weeks ago. Yes. I'm absolutely loving it, and the reason why I had to play it was not only because it's Star Wars, but because it has some Metroid Prime elements to it, some Metroidvania elements to it. But specifically, like I know it's got some Dead Souls-type elements too, some gameplay elements in that. From what I heard, I never played one of those games before, so I can't really say too much on that aspect of it. But... I definitely get the Metroid Prime feel to it. So it's, it's you know, if Metroid Prime Trilogy doesn't come out, I had this at least to be able to scratch that itch. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm not moving as fast as a lot of 
people have on it, just like many games I play. But I'm trying to stay focused on those two games and not get sidetracked. And thankfully, there's not very much coming out. It absolutely looks it looks fantastic. Yes, it it, it, it looks like oh man, some some of the some of the stuff I see on you know Xbox or PlayStation kind of makes me I'm like you know uh, getting a little twingy, a little like. Right, and I saw these Black Friday sales, and I was like, uh, uh. "Right," but I resisted. I resisted, Tim, because yes. I think I need to buy a Nintendo Switch Lite. So I think that's why. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, that's that's why I also live vicariously through all uh, other content providers to sure. watch them play games that I can't find the time for. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. That's awesome. So I just want to check: you're still really liking um, uh, Luigi's Mansion. I'm loving it. I I'm again taking my time with it. I don't. I can't rush through it. So it's like, like I said, when I go to bed, I try to play through a lo- uh, floor if I can, or get through as much as I can, and then come back to it the next night. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I haven't. I haven't run into any issue. There are a couple nitpicky things. Like I don't like the vacuum um, control being, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm. It's like a 3D control and a. 2d world yeah and it's very it, it, it gets very irritating to me at times but it hasn't it doesn't prevent it doesn't outweigh the fun of the game for me yeah so i'm have, still having a lot of fun with it there is um game explain put a video out right when luigi's mansion was dropped and it was remapping the pro your pro controller to different settings so you control the movement and your vacuum separately Okay, so take a look at that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, because I found that was one of the things too, where sometimes I found like I've, you know, I've I've got the ghost and now I'm kind of like moving around awkwardly and I'm trying to like slam it. It's just like that was one of the things I think is I think you did a very good describe job describing that 3D space and 2D controls, right? Kind of just yeah, yeah. But uh, no, man, I yeah, I love Luigi's Mansion three, so good. I'm I'm glad that you're still enjoying it when you're like floors five and six. I was like. Oh my god, that was like eight, seven weeks ago for me. I'm like, I don't really remember what that one is. So, yeah. thank you for the reminder. Sure, that's great. How about you? What have I been playing? Uh, a little bit of Pokemon, right? I talked about it last week. Some Pokemon. I uh, got down to third, going on to the third area now. Um, I'm still enjoying it. Still having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I want to like I. I want to just sink into it and I'm getting there. Like, I feel like I'm getting past like a lot of, I talked about the first little bit. I'm like, Hey, stop talking. Like, just let's, let's go forward. Let's get moving. So I feel like I'm getting there now. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to, like I said, just kind of sitting or sitting, sitting with it more over the next coming, coming weeks. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we have gone through so many games since August and I'm, I didn't get a chance to finish them all. I got really far in a couple of them. Like my backlog is, is thick and I just want to go back after I'm off of work for like two and a half weeks, just to just, you know, knock some of them out of the park, get them off the dock, get finished okay. the stories fully. I have three dragon quest games on my backlog. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like some of the times we haven't, and you know, this is a little bit of an example of that. Right. And I'm not saying like, whoa, is us life is hard, but like Luigi's mansion is a great example. Right. So when we got Luigi's Mansion, like we had basically 10 days 
to to go through that game, get our content yeah. ready, get all that. You ready. knocked that out of the park. <laughs> so like you you rushed through it, and you're like, man, I just don't feel like I got everything I wanted to. Like right. I feel like there's more. I feel like I love that world. We had the same challenge when we did Odyssey two years ago, right? Like you're like, man, these the 3D world match, uh, 3D you know Mario worlds only come around so often. And then to like rush through it and then like get through and then like everyone else is coming kind of behind you when it actually releases. You're kind of on this weird like how you experience it is differently. And I felt that with Luigi's Mansion because I really like Luigi's Mansion uh, as a franchise. I think it's really cool. So I just kind of want to take that time to go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, or you run into the situation like we did with Fire Emblem, right? Where that was coming in. We got the review copy. We also got it through, you know, a few of us got it. Yeah. And... But just it came at the time where also these other games were coming right in one after the other. So as much as I wanted to get back into it and I still want to get back into it because I still enjoyed that game. It just it got left back. Yeah. It's yeah. in my backlog. I, 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 <laughs> I picked up that game because I bought my son's copy. He didn't want it anymore. I haven't had a chance to try it. I still want yeah. to give it a try and see if if the story elements let, is enough to keep me in uh, versus like how the combat works. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and that is actually the reason why I wanted to get the dinner table started that, mm. that to get other people's perspective of games that they could play that we don't have the time to play, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very, very true. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned it before, like great example is Ori. I was so excited for Ori. Yeah. That, that, that got me caught right between Link's Awakening. And then I think just as I was kind of getting finishing off Link's Awakening, we got access to, uh, ukulele. Yep. And so, and, and that was a really tight, I think it was a seven day window for us again, to try and get content ready. And, and so it was, uh, I like literally have not played it yet. I have, I have these great games or semi backlog that I, that I'm really hoping. And it sounds like this weird thing. Does anyone else do this? Like when on Thursday, when the eShop refreshes, you go in and you take a look at the games, but you also do it nervously. Like, Oh, please God, please don't let there be a game. I like, please don't let there be something <laughs> yeah. interesting. I, I, I do that oh, when I look at the please. download list every week. In fact, this week I saw arcade archives, Hypersports. Okay. Which is the sequel to track and field. Yeah. And you're a track and field lover. So yeah. I put that in the Discord chat and said, "Track and field guy confirmed for DLC five. Yeah, you're you're so you're so open for that. You're so open, right? Um, but it but it was where were we going with that? I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, the eShop you were talking about. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, thank you, Tim. I was like, sure. what's going on here? Uh, so like, I, but I go in every Thursday and I look. Now here's one of the reasons I look. I really, I'm excited, really excited to play Dauntless. I think Dauntless looks great. I love Fortnite. So I kind of like this, another community experience I'm really looking forward to. And it's always been to be determined, to be determined. I don't like, I want to play Dauntless. So I'm always looking to see an actual date. So it's not on there, but I go through like all the coming soon. And I was like, whoo, nothing <laughs> in here that really, really scratches my itch. I'm hoping, and I know that like, for those of you that remember this from earlier last year, to really not buy any new games for a couple months. <laughs> like, I'm hoping that I can just, I got what I have. I'm just going to coast through. Nothing really grabs me. Like, I'm not super excited for anything until, like, 
Animal Crossing. And even that I'm not super excited for, but I'm going to get it because everyone else is. But nonetheless, yeah. I dig this. Yeah, I think the fact that we have we all have games that we have, we've bought but haven't even played yet is going to make our Game of the Year discussions interesting. Yeah. We, we can't vote for games that we haven't played yet. No, exactly. Um, okay. I, I think highly it's highly recommended 2019 games. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these, these icons look great on your yes. loading screen. Uh, top 10 icons of 2019 <laughs> yeah exactly seeing sean capri here in our chat says he's good for good for a few years yeah no kidding right it has yeah. been a it has been a drowning since july um, i was watching him and uh donnie and joe playing a halo before i jumped on here and i actually i don't know why i'm already having a hard time playing games but i got the ultimate pass for the pc sure or the ultimate pass for whatever i don't have an xbox but i have a pc and so I have access to Halo, and I'm and I watch them play it, and I'm like, "Ooh, that looks like fun!" And they just told me I can play as a single player campaign game, and uh, but also play with other people at the same time for the for the the story campaign. And I thought that was pretty cool. So that's I'm great. Like, I'm like, "Oh, it's tempting," but where do I find the time? <laughs> and that's and that's you know, everyone always laughs. They're like, well, "How are you only a one console system, right? Like, how have you not picked up?" This an, is uh, why. <laughs> this is why, right? Yeah. I was like, I neither have the time nor the money to be right. a multi like gaming console. I have enough Nintendo content that I struggle to get through, let alone give me Stadia, right. let alone give me Xbox. And yes, I look over them like, oh, those look like really cool games I'd love to play with my friends, but no. And I'm, I'm in the weird the case. No, next year is the weird case. There are four consoles coming out, and I'm already committed to buying two of them. And none of them are an Xbox, and none of them are a PlayStation at this time. <laughs> wow, you're crazy. No, but yeah, the, the I, thing that, I, I am not saying you're wrong. <laughs> He's not true story. There's the thing is, is these these passes though too. Like I've already had PlayStation Plus, so I get games that I didn't have time to play already. Yep, they end up showing up. Like what's coming out? Uh, that uh, the jet the com- the camp company who made Jedi, they're coming out with their number two game um come on sean you're in my twitter you're in our yeah sean's in there he'll be able to tell us but uh, um titanfall that's what it is titanfall 2 they're coming out with that for playstation plus and that's a game i always wanted to play but never got around to playing it's like so that's another one i could be playing and then now i got the game pass why did i buy that because now there's gonna be more games to, to to play so i need i need to um figure out a way to get more time yeah. so but sorry to stop you from talking about the games you're playing there just no no I, I well i think it's i think it's a great conversation right because i think these are these are the things right this is like this is the challenge and this i mean here's i've played pokemon i played some Fortnite. there we're done there all right but here's the conversation <laughs> right that we need to have and it's we live i was thinking about it more and more um and actually i think uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny said it really well. In a year of 2019, I don't have time for sevens and eights. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like you have to be an 8.5, a 9, a 10, or whatever that is. You have to be a banger. You have to be good. You have to grab my mind share and attention, right? And I don't, and, and, and we can have small little games that, that aren't like, you know, massive, you know, 25 hour games. The tourist is a great example of that. It's a small, it's a micro kind of enclosed game. Yep. It's easy to complete. You know, it's, it's fun. It's challenging. It doesn't have to be huge, but you don't have time to just be okay. You don't have time to me be mediocre. Not in this year. 
There may be some other years where you're like, yeah, and we all lived during the Wii U era where we were happy for mediocre, right? <laughs> but right now, when you're fighting for my dollars and our and our time, you can't do that. And I think that's where the Switch really falls in that nice that nice thing of being able to take anywhere. Your time is used differently. Um, so it's I, th- I yeah. think it changes things, right? So I don't know. That's, that's and my you got to plan it out, which what you've been doing with some of your lunchtime Twitch things that you've yeah. been doing where you try to play a game or Sean does it, you know, where he carves out time and uh, a couple nights a week to do Twitch and play out yeah. some, some games. So there's ways of finding time, I guess. And like I've been trying to find time at work to play during lunchtime just hasn't happened because um, we keep you uh, too busy. Doing I do thumbnails. thumbnails. That's <laughs> No, we're a horrible small company. <laughs> no, it's like, but that's, you know, that's where I find time to during at work during my breaks or during lunch, I find time to catch up on those type of things. So, yeah. and then, so that's why at home I'll play at night when I go to bed. And, and then the weekend is when I spend time at home on the PS4, but switch is definitely better for the travel where I could potentially bring it to work and do yeah. it for lunch. Yeah. yeah. Today was thumbnail by committee trying to get the monthly mayhem one video figured out <laughs> yes yeah, yeah I, I, I think I feel it's like the most discussion i've ever seen over a thumbnail yeah in <laughs> complete side note i feel really bad for that because i just said hey wouldn't it be great if we had a thumbnail and i just walked away and i literally came back to my phone and there was like 30 twitch <laughs> notifications and i was like what or discord i was like what just happened uh, so I had a pretty pretty good I laugh. Couldn't, I couldn't get John and Drew happy enough until you know. Uh, that's okay. It looked <laughs> good in the at, end. At least course. in the future, they'll be more consistent. Exactly. Yes. Now, now it's all set. We got the the template down. And but if anyway. you're like, what is this video you're talking about? Monthly mayhem. Well, head over to uh, youtube.com backslash Nintendo Dads, and you can see Drew and John talk about their opinions on Luigi's Mansion Three, and of course, who the winner is of our monthly mayhem projects or our uh, prizes. That happens because people subscribe to us over on Patreon. Whoo, folks, that is uh, we're getting near two hours, so I don't want to take too much oh, of your time. Do we want to have time for one more quick question? Of course, it's we actually, do. it's a part two from the wizard from Episode's wizard question. Oh my gosh, Episode, tell us what is up. The the wizard forces you to only play one intelligent systems games for the rest of your days. Which game would you pick? Intelligent systems, intelligent yeah. vision. Jesse, no, I'm defaulting no. that to you. No, no, no. Intelligent Systems, the developer, they, they, the, the Fire Emblem games, the Mario, uh, Paper Mario games, uh, among, and then other things. Well, if you're, t- if you're asking Advanced me, Wars. What, if, you, if you're asking me, do I want Fire Emblem or a kick in the crotch? I would probably take a kick in the crotch. <laughs> so definitely not at Fire Emblem. Uh, I'd say Paper Mario. I like Piper Mario. These are good games. Tim, what about you? Tim is probably Googling right now who actually makes those games, so he has a more educated opinion yeah, than I do. I, I actually have a Wikipedia page up. Um, you guys and are both. If he sees the same page, I think I know what he's going to say. Um, but uh, – I would probably say uh, Thousand Year Door, Paper Mario well, on the yeah, GameCube. Paper Mario. Okay, does it have to be just one game or is it just a series? One game. Oh, uh, I like <laughs> color. I like Color Splash. Does that count? That's a game. It's a game. It's on the Wii U. Is good. It's a game I didn't like, but doesn't mean you can't. It's just like I don't like Fire Emblem. Doesn't mean <laughs> you can. Well, doesn't mean I- it should. Historically, I haven't been a fan either. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, what are you thinking here, buddy? 
Uh, I'm leaning towards the Paper Mario games, too. Uh, but I'm trying to find something that I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it would be interesting because I did try it on the 3DS. I would be willing to give it a go if they brought it out like a remade version or something or for specifically for the switch codename steam. Because I thought it was very interesting story, you know, using steam world with the history icons, fictional or real. uh, But um, I thought that was interesting. So I would say that one would be, I would be willing to give that one a go. Go. Interesting fact. I enjoyed Steve code, uh, code name steam a fair bit. Yeah, it was a, I thought it was a, a that's exactly like the two, it, didn't he? It didn't do yeah. well, but you know, I thought it was, it was unique and you know, it's one of those things I didn't give enough time. So, so yeah, the intelligent systems wiki, Wikipedia page of looking at includes games. They didn't, they weren't the primary developer, but they still helped out. So a lot of the early EAD games, they have a credit on. So the game I'm looking at that I thought Tim would choose would be uh, SimCity for the Super Nintendo. Oh, good call. Good oh, call. I did not see that. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I changed my answer. <laughs> SimCity. 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 Are you sure you yeah, don't want nice. to pick the Super, Super Scope 6? SimCity. <laughs> that's that's uh. a no. <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to get ready to start closing this out. But I want to do this before we close it out. I want to draw your attention to a couple of things. Um, some of the things that we're doing, some of the things that some amazing content creators of us, are, of our friends are doing as well, so that you are aware. First thing uh, I want to draw your attention to, Marty, who is unable to join us this week, was a guest over on Nintendo Nostalgia with our good friend Jacob Rush. They talked about Donkey Kong. Uh, so uh, you guys should head over and check that out. We love uh, Jacob and good to hear Marty. So if you love you love those guys and maybe you're missing some Marty Estes in your life, go check out his stuff as well. I want to draw your attention to another thing. Maybe you're like, hey, I want some more. I want some more good podcasts. Uh, this week was a really uh, cool opportunity, uh, or, or if you haven't checked it out, over on We The Gamer Cast. Uh, Zach Erickson and I sat down with Sean Capri for almost two hours um, and talked about Nintendo Dads, talked about the life of it, talked about life after Zach, talked about the challenges of being a content creator. Uh, and of course, we talked about vasectomies, because as you do, <laughs> right? So I would strongly urge you. Urge you if you want to check out that. Uh, that is We the Gamer Cast. Uh, and we're actually doing a follow up episode with Sean next week as well, where we answer some of your questions. So it was a great opportunity to connect with Sean uh, and Zach. It was a very Canadian and apologetic episode. And I want to say I loved it. It was awesome. The conversation you guys had, which it was, it was, it was just like sitting in at a dinner table listening to you guys, you know, having a conversation of the podcasting time from 2014 on how you guys got things started how sean you know got started basically from you guys in the history i almost i thought of it would be really cool if i could get a timeline of all the things that got started from either from nintendo dads mega dads um um and any other podcast and how all these things are intersecting or or touching back with each other i thought that i thought that'd be kind of cool but anyways you guys did a really cool 
you had a really good conversation and I was sad to hear it end, but glad to hear you guys are doing a part two. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited. I think we probably could have talked to Sean forever today. Uh, again, he's just a fantastic, uh, fantastic host and kind of lets it, let's have that space and, and just a great guy as well. So check that out. I want to draw your attention. Speaking of dinner tables and sitting around, uh, the dinner table podcast, which Tim is a host, our host for, uh, he's doing a fantastic job. He's really ran with that show. We talked about how we're diversifying it. Uh, guys, make sure you give that a listen. We had some amazing folks and supporters from our community join Tim talking about their games, uh, some great insights and different voices. Man, Tim, kudos to you. It was really fantastic. And I look forward to hearing uh, episode two as well. Thanks. I'm trying. I'm look- I'm hoping to find some space in December to do another one. So Sure. If not, I'm sure people won't forgive you if you have to go into January. December is a very <laughs> crowded time. It's okay. Yes. Yes. So we, we, we definitely uh, hear that as well. Uh, I will also say some other things to be aware of. Heading over to our YouTube channel, Monthly Mayhem. We talked about that a couple moments ago. Uh, John uh, and, and Drew chat about Luigi's Mansion 3. And their thoughts on it, their playthrough on it. And, of course, uh, we have the Monthly Mayhem contest going on there. So I would draw your attention to that. And, ladies and gentlemen, man, if that was not enough, I got one last thing. Our good friend, Mr. Barry Dunn, did his Impact Direct this week. Uh, actually, just today, 40 minutes of brand-new trailers and game footage of games coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, and, uh, man, just a great content creator as well that we are so supportive of. So if you get a chance, go check him out. We appreciate it. Whew, man, I think that I'm getting lightheaded. I also gave blood today, and I, I'm wondering if maybe that may be causing some of it. I may be hungry. I'm not 100% sure. Justin, before you end it, I do have to say one thing. I know we're Nintendo dads, but we did talk about a PlayStation game. And I'd be remiss if we didn't say happy 25th anniversary to PlayStation and all our PlayStation friends. Because the PlayStation was celebrating its 25th year, and it wouldn't have started without Nintendo. So that's a hundred percent correct. If <laughs> Nintendo did not backstab Sony and their deal, it would never <laughs> happen. So, so all you PlayStation fans, you're welcome. Is really what we're trying to say. You're welcome. No, Adam. absolutely. Congratulations, and uh, you are right in that, Tim. I think, uh, as I've said before, competition is what drives you know good decisions and good games, and uh, we are all benefactors of 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 that. So, congratulations to uh, to Sony. Jeff, something there, Jesse? No, I said uh, you're welcome. I I, I I poked at Adam because he's 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 the Sony guy over at Mega Dads. <laughs> yeah, he did. And actually, he did a great um, kind of solo podcast um, where he talked about his experience with uh, PlayStation, about 25 minutes long, his just journey with it. I, ch- you yeah, check I, out. I, I felt sorry for him about his PS2 launch day story. Yeah, that was pretty rough. That was absolutely rough. Well, folks, we're going to uh, end out this episode. I do want to just make one other, two other little quick announcements here. Gosh, I feel like I just got like an announcements going on here. Um, next week. Jesse, are we live streaming the Game Awards? I reactions. We might. Uh, okay. If Look we're not, I'm probably going to watch Rogers. But okay. <laughs> Look for maybe. I think we're going to try and do it. I know I'm ava- unavailable, but maybe, maybe Tim, if you're available, I don't know, or, or if we can bring some guests on. Yeah. Uh, check that out next week. We may be recording on Wednesday. Actually, we will be recording on Wednesday. We are currently looking at – we have a guest in the lineup. We have a, It's a very exciting guest. We're just trying to finish off the final bookings to confirm it. Watch our our Twitter in the coming days, but it's a great guest. A lot of people have been asking for him to join us. We're excited to have him, but we're just finalizing the lot, last couple details. 
but it sounds like we're going to record next week on Wednesday as opposed to Thursday. But Thursday, we're also going to try and do some live stream of the Game Awards because uh, we think there's a lot that's going to happen there. So ch- either way, follow us on Twitter. You're going to get all of our Nintendo Dad news. Um, big thank you to our huge Patreon executive producers. That's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsbergs, Andrew Colin, and Sean Abbott. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. Uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, also, folks, if you are interested, we have a website, NintendoDads.org. You can go over there and check out all of the amazing stuff that we do there. That is our latest YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, links to our social media, Patreon page, the Nintendo Dads merch shop, all that kind of stuff. Plus, Tim, am I right? Our Amazon recommendation page is on there too now? Yes, that is correct. It's up and live. Up and live. If you are looking for some sweet, sweet stuff that the Nintendo Dads recommend that you can find on Amazon, we recommend. We've tried these products. We we give us the two thumbs up. Uh, maybe add it to your wish list. You can absolutely do that. Go and uh, check that page out. You can also find us over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, where if you want, of course, we can take your sub and we're happy to do that, especially if you got Amazon Prime, you have got Twitch Prime. Happy to take that sub. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And YouTube, just by typing in the words Nintendo Dads, you can find us. Of course, you can also email us at NintendoDads at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, 929-25-NDADS or 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music that you're hearing throughout the show. Also, big thank you to you, the listener. We greatly appreciate every single time you click that subscribe button, you download, and you listen. Hopefully, these episodes, this fun, this conversation, you enjoy it, and it's part of your week uh, makes it easier. Thank you to everyone who's joining us live every single week in Twitter, in Twitch, on uh, YouTube, all those things where you interact with us. We are greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time and energy. And of course, thank you, Rogers Base, for arriving, bringing us all that sweet, sweet Pokemon news straight hot from Disneyland. Yeah, while you're on vacation. So thank you. While he's on vacation, right? (laughs) Uh, So for myself, for Jesse, and for Tim, have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. I don't know what animal this is or what Pokemon this is.